Okay. okay. Thank, thank you for doing that. I really appreciate, appreciate it. Thank you. Um, so, so let's, let's just, just talk about the, the support you have. Um, you're looking very good in local polls. I mean, how are you feeling about your campaign right now? I feel great. I mean, I, I got into this because I'm a mom who is fed up. I'm fed up with what's happening in this world. And I'm a former journalist. I'm fed up with what's happening in, in journalism as well. But I'm worried about my children and my future grandchildren if we don't start to turn Arizona back to the way it's supposed to be, which is getting our freedoms back. And I think we can still retain and hold on to our freedoms here. Some of these other states are gone. And it's been leftist policies in California, Oregon, Washington. I just talked to somebody from Connecticut and somebody from New Jersey. And they said, oh, my gosh, Arizona is kind of the last bastion of freedom. And they're so happy to be here. Yet we Arizonans feel like some of our freedoms are slipping away. Mm -hmm. So I'm in this to preserve Arizona, the Arizona we love, keep these opportunities for our children, get our freedoms back, and end some of this nonsense. The masking of our children, the vaccine mandates. We've got moms and dads out there going into Christmas, looking at losing their jobs because their boss or some corporate goon is telling them, you get a vaccine or you get out. One of the things that uh, you've been talking about quite a bit and tweeting about is the election. You know, you've said that you think Trump won Arizona in 2020. Do you still believe that? I believe Biden is the president just like OJ is innocent. The system <laughs> is corrupt. Have you not followed what's happening in our election here? Absolutely. I covered the audit. 34,000 34, votes counted twice. Uh, canvassers went to a dirt lot where 75 people were registered to That's vote. That's a Liz Harris report that was debunked. Well, you say it was debunked because everything that you guys don't agree with, you debunk. You fact check. And I know where your fact checkers come from. A lot of times the fact there checkers... There are addresses at that dirt lot you're talking about. No. So what, what well, I want to know is where's the proof that you're going to point to. If you don't have the ability to critically sit down and listen to our forensic audit results, then I can't help you. It but you guys went Trump into that. Lost by even more. If you count fraudulent votes. We've got a problem with our election. They're pouring in mail-in ballots. Trump was winning big in Pima County. And when they realize that, they start pouring in more ballots, more mail-in ballots. It's we have we have a problem. We've got an election. We have mail-in ballots coming in with no signatures. Our system is broken. I don't care. If, let me tell you, if Trump won the way that Biden did, I would have a problem with it. We just need to prove it. We need to prove that this election was won fair and square. And we're seeing all kinds of problems. And the mail-in ballots were sent out. We had our election officials who were rewriting election rules, usurping the legislature. The legislature in Arizona writes our election laws, not the people working at the county recorder's office. And we're not going to, we don't care what the media says. The media is full of it. And we know it. I know it. I worked in the media, excuse me. I worked in the media. I know what you guys are trying to do. You don't give a damn about our elections. You've got a narrative and you're trying to push it. And what is And we want, the, the narrative is everything, it's frauded, it's fake. People witnessed things, they, they witnessed things during this election, and they knew it was wrong. And all they want is to make sure that our vote is fair, that it's fair and square. But I'm not going to sit here and argue with you because I know you're going to twist it around. I know how these things work, and I know what the final product is. And I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. If you would like to look through the forensic audit report, 
I'm happy to share that with you. And there's more information to come out. We haven't yet. Yet gotten the analysis of the paper ballots and of the routers. But do you think it's do you think that it was the right thing to do to delete a bunch of million files the day before the audit? That was roundly debunked. No, by, not by the press, but by the Maricopa County. Recorder's okay, Office. well, you're buying into everything they say. These are the same people who did not want this forensic audit. These are the same people who did not want it. And so there's a lot of people, Democrat, Republican, that may have had. Uh, some issues with this election. They may have been involved in some of the shady dealings. This was a shady, shoddy, corrupt election. And everyone knows it. The left knows it. The right knows it. But the left is trying to make us live with this. And we're not going to live with it. We're going to get to the bottom of it. And while we may not be able to do a whole lot about this, I will be damned if when I'm governor, we're going to have another election run this way. It's wrong. We want one vote per legal voter, and we want it counted. We're not going to have a bunch of mail-in ballots floating around, sitting on top of mailboxes for any Tom, Dick, and Harry to sign and send in. It's bullcrap, and we want our country back, and we want our election back. Do you agree with President Trump when he says that Republicans should not vote unless 2020 is adjudicated again? I think that everyone should vote. I think everyone should vote. And I, I really hope and pray, and we've got some really great lawmakers here who did the right thing. They stood up to people like CNN and MSNBC and the corrupt media. And trust me, it is corrupt as hell. They stood up against you guys and they stood up against uh, you know the newspapers. And they said, we are going to get to the bottom of this. We will do a forensic audit of Arizona's election. Our constituents are demanding it. And they stood up to the, the peanut gallery yelling at them and did the right thing. So I do believe that in the next legislative session, they'll, they'll enact and, and bring forth some new, stronger laws to protect our uh, integrity of our vote, because we want to know that I want to know my vote counts. I want your vote to count. And Republicans, uh, Trump supporters would be appalled if Trump won the way that Biden won. We just want fairness. That's all we ask for. Are you going to win? I believe we will. Yeah. And then there's going to be some cleanup of our elections. It's going to happen. Um, I don't want to. Run over the five-minute time. Uh-huh. That's perfect. Um, it's just a little confusing, maybe for some people that we're talking about how debunked the elections are, but then please vote. 
So that, are they supposed to vote or not vote? Well, I, I, I think what I said there was I believe that our lawmakers are going to, in this next session, hopefully shore up our elections a bit more and hopefully bring some more change. And I think when we get some more information that comes out, and there may be criminal charges filed. We have an uh, attorney general who's investigating right now. Oh, I forgot to ask, should Katie Hobbs go to jail? But you, you uh, I, I believe that Katie Hobbs was, uh, it was malpractice the way she handled her job. Hmm. We have voter rolls. We have voter rolls that are a complete mess. It's her job to clean those up. We've got dead people voting. It's ridiculous. You so, still think she should go to prison? I, I think she should. I think if we find out there was fraud and she that we, we should prosecute her and she should go to prison, yeah. But here's the problem. We all know that the Democrats never go to prison. There's never justice. So we'll see what happens. I hope and pray. All I hope and pray for is justice. If somebody defrauded the voters of Arizona, I hope they pay for that. Do those changes that you're talking about in the upcoming legislative session have to happen in order for Republicans to vote? I think I, I, I would say vote. I would say vote regardless of the changes. But I think there'll be changes. But I would say vote. I think there'll be changes though. I, I think there'll be some. I mean, will it get all fixed? I don't think it'll be fixed next session. But I, I do encourage people to vote. Thank you right. for the time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yep. <laughs>
Welcome back to the Sea Report. Welcome back to the Sea Report on this Friday, October 29th, 2021. We are coming to you live, ladies and gentlemen, on the foxhole.app, on pilled.net, on twitch.tv, and over at clouthub. And we are ready to get rolling, ladies and gentlemen. Could we not start off with anything stronger than such a strong woman? Such a strong woman identifying so many of the problems that we see out here today in this modern day life that we patriots seem to be dealing with in the everyday. You know, in the everyday. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the perfect example of someone who stands up for truth, who stands up for what is right. And it just, it touches my heart on the most deepest of levels when people have the bold courageousness to stand up and say what is true in the utmost of respect. Now, she could have gone off anyway in that ladies and gentlemen, but uh, the strength of Carrie Lake, and we endorsed Carrie Lake back in May, end of May, beginning of June, when she first ran, when she announced her governorship run, her campaign for governorship of Arizona. We endorsed her here at the Sea Report back at the end of May, beginning of June, ladies and gentlemen, because when I saw this firecracker who used to be part of the mainstream media, who used to be part of the legacy media, who separated herself from the left-leaning media of Arizona and all of their debauched nonprofit organization funding, because that's how the media is funded in Arizona, particularly over in the Phoenix area. And you know, guys, if you've been following the Sea Report, you've been following the story, and you know what I'm talking about. We endorsed her back in May, ladies and gentlemen, and I knew this woman would be a fighter for truth, and I could play that interview a thousand times over the way she ran over with the tact, the skill, the finesse of a true, true patriot that understands what is going on in this world and really wants to help. I do not, by any means regret endorsing Carrie Lake, and I look forward to seeing her as the governor of the state of Arizona. Ladies and gentlemen, I would vote for her myself if I lived in Arizona. I almost envy Arizonans (laughs) that they have that opportunity. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the C-Report. I am your host, Mr. C. Thank you for coming with us live here on this Friday afternoon, it's great to be back in the swing of things. Let me tell you what we have been—we've uh, been busy here, and uh, we've been a little bit out of bounds. We were over in uh, Las Vegas for the past few days. I've been doing kind of intermittent episodes uh, here um, at Mister CTV. If you're watching us over at Pill.net or Foxhole.app, we are the Mister C channel. If you're watching us over at Clout Hub or Twitch, we are Mister CTV. And uh, I'll tell you what, guys, because of your efforts and uh, your support for the show, we're looking to diversify this show even more so in the next coming months. I'm thinking we might be right now we're running on four platforms. okay? and that's only by virtue of the fact that pill.net and the foxhole.app are tandem. 
Uh, we're looking to diversify uh, up to about eight uh, total platforms in the next coming weeks, which means we'll probably be live on Trovo. We'll probably be live on DLive. We'll probably be live on ScrewTube until they kick us out. We need to diversify here, guys. We got a lot to say, and I think we're saying it right. I think what you guys uh, have given us by means of feedback in regards to our delivery and in regards to our uh, understanding of what is going on and the sharing of the information. Most importantly, guys, is the sharing of the information. The sharing of the information is by far more important than any perspective I have or any, uh, you know, uh, what do they call that? Uh, uh, any type of a talking head kind of, uh, you know, commiseration that I can give you. Um, but this is, this is great, guys. I love Carrie Lake. You don't understand how much I love that woman. And it has been a great travel. Now, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, uh, we'll be back later on tonight. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But uh, for tonight, for the Sea Report, for this Friday evening, uh, I'm going to try and keep it down to about two hours, right? So we'll, we, we got some stuff to cover. We are a little bit behind. We haven't delivered a Sea Report properly in about, you know, what? Uh, almost a week. Almost a week. You know, so we're going to uh, deliver some information to you. What we're doing tonight, because as you guys might remember, as you all know, we, uh, President Trump, he leads at the Sea Report. Can't help it. Can't help it. We'll make a song out of it. Look, can't help it. Look, Trump won. Should I put this on? Let's put this on right now. Let's put this on right now. Here's my Trump one pin. We'll put this on right now just to make it clear where this uh, broadcast stands because, uh, after all, I am piercing the red. There we go. We're good. We're good now. Piercing the red, the red uh, blazer here, right? Yeah, Trump won. Ladies and gentlemen, let's move. It. Let's make it be known. All right. <laughs> Trump won. You want me to put on my cowboy hat? I will. We, we have been out and about, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, as you know, we just covered the uh, Forgotten Country um, Patriot Double Down in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, let me tell you what, if you guys never want to send me on assignment again because it takes me about a week to get myself back together, I totally understand. But we had, um, we had a, it was a very momentous and eventful conference. And uh, for uh, you can always go back onto pill.net onto the foxhole.app and uh, sometimes on Twitch, you know, and you can check out what we were covering live. Now the event, now, yeah, I know guys, I know, I know, I promised you I would be live streaming the entire event, but of course I am a novice small potatoes kind of guy. So when I got there, they're like, we're sorry, Mr. C, but you can't stream the event because we're doing that. And I was like, you know what? I got to respect the roles and the regulations, because otherwise I won't be invited back. You know, like, I can't do this again if I totally, like, run amok on our fellow Patriots' uh, stipulations. And that's totally understandable. That's the way it goes. That's the way we roll. I want to make sure that we respect what we are doing in our community. I don't want to step on people's feet. So this, so that's why we were not live the entire time during the Patriot event, even though it was my desire to be there for you guys. And, and, and in the end, honestly, it probably was better because my camera does not have very good zoom capabilities, as you might have noticed. Uh, 
on election integrity day, the day that I was there for, the reason why I had to be there in Nevada was because I had to hear, listen, cover, and, uh, you know, be a part of the election integrity panels, uh, because that's the most important thing, at least in my purview, is as we are in this segment you know, of patriotism and uh, America. Uh, the election integrity is important, guys. We can't have a 2024. We can't have a 2022. We can't have anything that is, that is even remotely close to what our Republican, uh, no, 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 what our, our, our Republic, con constitutional Republic with some Democratic undertones should be if we do not secure the 2020 election and prove it so. So tonight, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, because I got, I mean, if you guys were tuned in last night to Mr. C in the Dark, we did a special one on the Thursday night last night. You know, I'm very well behind on my stories. But tonight, we're going to catch up a little bit on that. We're going to delve into, we're going to delve into a lot of the election integrity, particularly involving Arizona. And we're going to catch up with President Trump because uh, the man's been busy releasing them statements. And uh, we're all about President Trump leading here at the Sea Report for sure. And uh, he's he has a lot to say. So President Trump and his statements will kind of uh, provide the outline for tonight's show. We will spin through all of those, but we've got a lot to say on election integrity, in particular in regards to Arizona. We've got some catching up to do, and we will. And that is specifically why I played Carrie Lake's interview with CNN at the head of the show, because uh, this woman, my goodness, this woman is so strong, ladies and gentlemen, the way that she was able to finesse her points in the fight against CNN's point of view. Now, keep in mind, this woman that she was talking to right here in this interview this woman that Carrie Lake was speaking with during this CNN interview is the same uh, Trisha Takanawa that has been there from the jump. Like she, I get, I guess, I guess CNN paid for her to have a residency in Arizona. I guess they gave her what uh, an eight month, twelve month apartment lease in Arizona so she could be there. Trisha Takanawa in Phoenix, Arizona. Care uh, uh, covering the Maricopa County sham fraud it, right? Right, because that's what they called it. You know, you guys know if, if I know and you know that that's the way the MSM, the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy media has been covering this story from the beginning. You know that's exactly what Trisha Takanawa was doing there in Arizona. And Carrie Lake put her to bed. Carrie Lake did not just put her. She tucked her under the sheets. She made sure that she had nice and comfy booties. She made sure that, you know, she had a little bit of, you know, like, uh, uh, like breathing Vicks mentholatum. She made sure that Trisha Takanawa was all nice and comfy as she lambasted her, as she just totally laid into her with truth and a firm resolve that we're not going to take what the mainstream fake news legacy media has to say anymore, period. And we'll go through that today. I think uh, President Trump's statements as they move forward 
will actually, you know, help us cross that storyline and narrative and present it to you. But now, before we get into that, ladies and gentlemen, again, I am most thankful for you all for joining us. Again, we are live at the foxhole.app. We are live at pill.net. We are live at twitch.tv. We are live at the clout hub. And let this be, let this serve as a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, that anywhere the C report goes live, we will make those general announcements. I thank everyone for tuning in tonight. Uh, before we get into the episode, let me give you a rundown of what we'll be covering. We will be catching up with President Trump as we've been off the air with the Sea Report proper for about five days plus. So we got a bit of catching up to do. President Trump leads here at the Save Report. Uh, the Sea Report Save America leads here at the Save Report. America first leads here at the Sea Report. So thank you all again. And uh, we will actually go into the Cyber Ninja refutation of the Maricopa County BOS POS answer to what was going on. And uh, also we have a few, no, we have a couple, not a few. We have a couple of President Trump interviews that will be intermittently uh, included throughout tonight's uh, presentation. I'm going to try and run us about two hours. I predict maybe two and a half at the most. And uh, then we will release you to everyone else uh, that you all may be joining us with. Thank you all again for joining us here this afternoon, this evening at the C Report, Mr. C Channel. If you're over at, uh, you know, if you're over at the foxhole.app, if you're over at pill.net, if you're not, I highly recommend that you get your heinies over there. Let me drop into chat real quick, and then we will get underway with tonight's stories. Tam Gral, hello, angels. Hello, angel. Thank you for joining us. Pill by the rabbit. It's good to see you again. Slide Park 2020. Love you, baby. And thank you so much. I don't know why I said baby. I hope that wasn't disrespectful. <laughs> but thank you for being with us, Tam Grau, and uh, and also um, uh, Sly Park 2020. Uh, Christina Fontana, aloha. Christina Fontana, good to see you with us. Can't stay too long, but hop in to say hi. You know what? Uh, just that a slim burst of energy, and I say slim because if you're not here with us long, then it's not obviously wide. It's slim, but that slim burst of energy is much appreciated. And thank you so much for saying hello, Christina Fontana. It's always great to see you. You have such a great spirit. Sean Joe, my friend, my sir, it is always great to have you in the audience. Thank you so much. We're back on schedule. We will be back again Monday through Friday, starting next week. We're starting it today. We'll be back tonight at midnight with the Mr. C in the Dark. In case you all did not catch last night, which is we never do a Mr. C in the Dark on Thursdays, but we did it last night. We did part one of the Swamp Prince, ladies and gentlemen. We did part one of the Swamp Prince last night on this uh, special Thursday night edition of Mr. C in the Dark. We were going to do part two tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, you know, make sure you guys tune in. Part two of the Swamp Prince will be presented to you all tonight during Mr. C in the Dark. We'll also have open lines for anyone that wants to call in and participate with the show. We always love it when we have our audience come in and give us, you know, you know, give us some of their perspective, some of their viewpoints. That's the best thing about uh, freedom of speech and the First Amendment is that we get to hear everyone's point of view. And you know, here at the Sea Report, we definitely respect that. And we definitely want to hear all points of view. So make sure midnight, guys, we're doing a Mr. C in the Dark. We're doing the Swamp Prince. We will cover the Swamp Prince for probably at least the first half of the show. And then we'll get into some open lines and we'll see where that takes us. 
If you have no idea what I'm talking about, then maybe you should have been watching last night's episode. You can always catch it on the replay. If not, check it out on the podcast. And uh, if I don't need to remind you, that is at anchor.fm slash the C report. Anchor.fm slash the C report or catch it on any of your favorite podcast platforms. It's free. You check it out over at uh, Spotify. You can actually download the episodes. How would you search best for the C Report on Spotify? I don't know. Maybe you would put in the C Report, Michael Aaron Cosseris, C-A-S-A-R-E-S. That's my name. You might be able to locate quicker that way than just putting in the C Report. You put in the C Report, you're going to get like the Z Report, the report, the report on life, the report on libs, the report on this, report on that. I don't know. I've never done it myself. Maybe I'll do that after the show. So this way I can give you better direction in the next episode, but uh, you can always check it out on your favorite podcast platform, the C report. That's where we are. We're there. And uh, you can definitely hear that. Tam growl says she's a lion growl. I love it. Tam growl. And you know what? That's exactly what I thought about your name. I was like, Tam G R growl. That makes no sense. She got to be doing it like a growl. And Tam Growl, I'm glad I identified that right away. We've been kindred spirits ever since. Veronique, thank you for hanging out with us tonight. It's good to see you. And thank you for gifting the can. TGIF, thank God it's Friday. Here's a cold one to get us started. Girl, cheers. And enjoy that while we uh, get through the rest of tonight's presentation. Tonight's presentation, guys, if you like President Trump, give me a one in the chat if you love President Trump. If you guys can do, I've never been successful with, uh, you know, audience requests, but literally, seriously, guys, if you love President Trump, please give me a one in the chat. It's 8 p.m. on the dot Texas time. And if you love President Trump, I want to see a one in the chat. And uh, let me tell you what, guys, tonight is all about President Trump and catching up with him, okay? Because we've been we've been decommissioned out of commission for about a week. We got a lot of catching up to do, and I just love that President Trump statements provided an outline for tonight's show, and we'll be able to flavor we'll be able to flavor his statements with some stories for you guys tonight. Christina Fontana says Carrie Lake is the tits, you girl. <laughs> You know, I might not be into those type of pillows, but I'm totally right there with you, Christi- uh, Christina Fontana. I am totally there with you. Love Carrie Lake. Like I said, we've endorsed her since the end of May. We've endorsed her since the beginning of June. We brought to you guys her very first gubernatorial candidate race campaign advertisement. We love Carrie Lake here at the Sea Report. We have a pretty good sense about these things. We follow our gut. We don't just watch what other people say and do. We follow our gut here at the Sea Report. And this gut's been refined by at least a decade. Still still has a lot to learn. Don't get me wrong. We still have a lot to learn here. But uh, we've pretty much refined that taste for uh, liberty, freedom, and the pursuit of happiness. And those who are also... America first. Always in Texas. It's great to see you. I love you too, baby. Uh, why do I keep saying baby? I'm sorry. That's kind of disrespectful to me to say, to call a woman baby. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Th- 
Thank you always in Texas. I hope your grand babe is doing well tonight and the rest of your family. <clears throat> Great to see you in the chat tonight. We got uh, Foosborn, EBW, Blue Rinse at Blue Rinse. Hey, Blue Rinse, how you doing on the other side of the pond? Great to see you. If I ever go, if I ever manage to get across the pond, Blue Rinse at Blue Rinse. Maybe we could have a uh, maybe we could have a meetup of some sort. That would be amazing. Gina from West Virginia, it's great to see you as well. I am so happy. Veronique is all ones in the chat. I love to see that as well. Great, great energy going forward, and uh, we'll definitely, definitely. Tonight's all about President Trump, guys, and his statements. Uh, he helped me get through some of my stories, as I explained yesterday on Mr. C in the Dark at the night. We got a lot of stories. Curious Cat, Pilled by the Rabbit, All Ones. Great to see you guys. All right. Thank you all for being present today, both in body and in spirit. You guys don't understand how much it means to me to have you all here and present with us. But let's go ahead and start spilling into tonight's stories. We don't, I, I'm, I'm going to try and keep it at the max two and a half hours. I'm pretty sure we'll make that goal. So we got we to gotta move, ladies and gentlemen. We have got to move. And uh, maybe tonight I'll give you guys a little bit more details about what's going on here over at Mr. C TV, the Mr. C channel. And we'll take it from there, guys. We will take it from there. But let's let's just jump into it. President Trump leads here at the Sea Report. When the Sea Report takes about five days off in order to do other events and cover other stories, well, guys, we gotta start with President Trump. We gotta start with what is going on in his world because what he shares with the world quite often reflects and interacts with what we experience in our day-to-day -day life. And it's just that important, ladies and gentlemen, it's just that important. Okay. Uh, you know, we had a lot of things going on in the world of general news and politics. I mean, if you want to reflect on, and I don't know who would want to reflect on this topic, but sometimes it is important for us to be aware uh, and awake to what the uh, enemy is doing. If you want to call them that, I would say, yeah, we, we could call them an enemy or we could call them and we can call them an opportunity. <laughs> we can call them a challenge. We can call them something to overcome. Right. And in this case, it would be the illegitimate uh, administration of Joe Biden. It would be the regime. It would be the illegitimate joke Biden, right? We know that uh, Biden has just uh, had a lot of inflation going on. And, uh, you know, uh, President Trump's statements will reflect that. They will most definitely reflect that. What I think is most troubling in that regards is that uh, where we were energy independent under President Trump, he's begging Saudi Arabia to uh, pump out more oil and gas for us, which just makes us totally subservient to what is going on in the Middle East in regards to relationships with the United States. We have uh, we have uh, illegitimate joke Biden taking like what? He's been in office uh, since what? January 20th. Here we are, uh, October 29th, right? It's not even a full year. He's already taken 70 days off, guys. 70 days plus, I'm sure, by the, by the uh, time this uh, episode aired. 70 days plus, he's been hanging out in Delaware in his basement, guys, in one single year. Now, what? Uh, you take 365 days minus 70, that's what? 320 days? And I'm pretty sure he hasn't even been serving or doing anything uh, proper uh, 
in those 320 days. And as in 365, there's no telling how many more vacation days this man is going to take. Of course, we know he needs it. What is really going on here? I don't know, guys. I couldn't tell you. I can tell you that we report the headlines as we see them. We're not going to speculate that deep. You know, the whole James Wood thing. You know, there's some people who are out there in that um, in that uh, in that realm of ideas. But that's neither here nor there. We also see that uh, this illegitimate joke Biden has delayed the release of the JFK files until December of 2022. And and he and the reason why he did that is much similar to any of their reasons for doing this, which was to protect their government. And that's the that's the level of double speak that I've mentioned here to you all. When you have snakes, when you have uh, the uh, Illuminati, New World Order, deep state, elitist, globalist individuals who are in office making comments about our America and we got to protect our country and our government, you have to think if it's someone like a Biden or a Bush or a Cheney or a Romney or an Obama making a statement like that, what are they talking about? Are they talking about America like you and I know and love? Or are they talking about their America? Which, according to some individuals, is the corporate America that President Trump successfully bankrupted in order to get the uh, grassroots, uh, in order to get the organic America and its constitution back into power. They're talking about two different Americas. They're talking about two different American standards. They're talking about their people. And I think that that is a perspective that's very important for all of us to keep in mind when we hear these individuals that are obviously deep state globalist, uh, you know, um, 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 henchmen who are in office or in official position when they're speaking, you know, even when someone like John Brennan or James Comey or Jim Clapper say, well, we got to preserve the interests of America or national security. They're talking about their America. They're talking about their version of the country. They're not talking about the country that we are a part of. They're not talking about the country and the and uh, the people that we are one with, that we understand. They're talking about theirs. When you hear Hillary Clinton saying, well, we got to protect the interest of national security and America, blah, blah, blah. She's talking about her America. She's talking about the America that her and her globalist henchmen and fiends have created for themselves. And they're talking about protecting their asses. They're not talking about us. They're not, and you know, this is, this is actually, this is actually an idea that's probably not lost on the vast uh, people in this audience. But you guys probably understand this better than anyone else out there in general America. But just let it be known, just let it be clarified here tonight on the Sea Report that that's what we understand and that's how we take those statements. When JFK says that, when JFK, when Joe Biden says that he has to, uh, he has to uh, further hide the JFK files and all of that disclosure until December of 2022 in the interest of protecting America. He's talking about the interests that uh, have brought his America to the forefront. The people who were conspiring and treasonous against America and a president who woke up about what, halfway through his first term, uh, to what was really going on and tried to make a difference and was, and was assassinated in the end because of it. 
Now, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, let us get into President Trump's statements for this evening. We've got a whole doozy, guys. We're going back to October 21st, 2021, because we have to archive this. Now, of course, guys, we don't have to or archive it here at the C-Report. We we know here at the C-Report that, um, um, that the, uh, the, the law that was passed um, called COFEFE, C-O-V-F-E-F-E, COFEFE, right? That is a law that was passed, actually does the job of archiving all of these statements. So uh, I don't have to archive it here. We could always just refer to the National uh, National uh, Archive and uh, NARA, right? We can always refer to them, but they haven't been doing a good job because apparently everyone over at the NARA is woke. And we know that President Trump has been fighting with them recently. But according to the bill, COFEFE, uh, these are all preserved. But we're going to do it anyways, because not only are we archiving it here at the Sea Report, we're also sharing it abroad with everyone else that desires to tune in and that is also a part of this audience. Or as you may, spread the link, share the word about the Sea Report, and let everyone know what we're doing here at the Sea Report in order to spread America First values and knowledge and information throughout all communities who would desire to hear and appreciate it. It is much appreciated on my part, at least, guys. Let's see what President Trump had to say. I love this new feature here over at my uh, <laughs> streaming software. Uh, this is from October 21st. Let's see what President Trump has to say. He says, so funny. Let me go ahead and take this off real quick. So funny. You know, what? I'm going to have to remove myself. So funny to watch the Biden administration try to blame Trump for the fact that there are thousands of ships that can't be unloaded in any other time but now a very simple task. No, just like the border, just like the Afghanistan withdrawal, just like inflation, capital I, inflation, and just like many other things that have gone so wrong for our country, it's the Biden administration that's at fault. They are only really good at two things, rigging elections and misinformation. And I would have to agree with that 100%. Um, as you know, Joe Biden did say, we have, uh, we have gotten together the biggest and most diverse group of election fraudsters and then he had to correct himself. I know that's not verbatim, but it's pretty close. Uh, as far as this entire breakdown of the supply chain, well, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, there's a lot of speculation about what's going on with that. Um, uh, we'll see what's up. We'll see. We'll see why they really have all of those, uh, you know, all of those crates, all of those, uh, you know, all of those uh, ship containers stacking up, I honestly, and you know, there's no sauce behind it, the next thing I'm about to say, but I honestly wonder, I do honestly wonder how many of the uh, unaccompanied, unaccompanied miners they will find warehoused in those crates sitting off the coast of California. What does it smell like, ladies and gentlemen? Here's the next statement from President Trump. Look at what just happened in Arizona. Last night, 
for the people that really won the election by a lot, us. The forensic auditors released a new report that discredits all of the disinformation put out by the Rhino Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. The auditors said Maricopa County purposely misled the public and spread outright lies about their findings. The board provided zero evidence for their false claims, including no accounting for the 12,772 illegal ballots, more than the election margin alone, who moved outside of Maricopa County before the election. They have no valid answer for how there were more early ballots returned by voters than received, why their official results did not match who voted, why there were more duplicate ballots than originals, or why they deleted and purged their election management system data in defiance of a subpoena, which is against the law, and they did it on the day before the audit began. These incredible findings affect tens of thousands of ballots and therefore the outcome of the election. This does not even touch Pima County, which had precincts with more than 100% turnout for mail-in ballots. The presidential election in Arizona and in numerous states was a fraud. Maricopa County officials lied and then tried to cover it up. Now they are facing criminal liability since defying a subpoena and deleting election records are serious crimes. Hopefully Attorney General Mark Brnovich will do something about it. Regardless, based on these findings and many others, Arizona should decertify their fake election results immediately. President Trump, thank you so much for making that statement. He has caught the C report up in one second making that statement. And we're about to get into this, ladies and gentlemen. We're catching up with President Trump and he's giving us an outline for tonight's show. We're going to talk about Arizona and this election integrity issue. We're going to talk about the findings, guys, because as we have known, as we have been watching, as we have been um, observing all of these goings on in Arizona. Now, let me tell you, if there's anything to get fired up with the righteous indignation over, if there's anything to be truly angry about, it's about what's been going on in Arizona, guys. Like, uh, uh, perhaps we're jaded. Perhaps we've been so long following this. Perhaps we're, you know, we're, we're tired. We're tired. We followed Arizona and election integrity, the forensic audits in Maricopa County since April, guys. April. It's been over six months. It's been almost a year that we have been following this story. It's taken this long. We're finally here at the threshold. We can't give up. We can't stop. We cannot relent. We have to carry on. We have to continue. We have to call for and or fight for and or everything in order to make sure that people know we are irate. We are irate with a loving indignation that wants nothing but justice served, okay? Justice 
served, all right? Because as we love our neighbor, you know, I love my neighbor enough to say, you know what, even if you vote against what I believe in, it should be fair and or square. So why should not it be that across the board? Can I put, can I frame it that way, guys? Can I frame it with saying I love my neighbor enough that even if they are voting against my political party, that it should be fair and square? Is that not what we stand for? Is that not what this is about? Is that not what America is about, right? That we all voice our, our, our own opinions, and that under the uh, system that we have set up and designed for ourselves, that we are able to have a fair and just election, that justice be served, that the, the right and proper and correct candidate or political party is put into office. Is that not what is a part of the entire foundation of what we are established on? I would say so. Whether or not I just said that eloquently, I would say so. Okay, guys, so Maricopa County, there should be a lot more outcry about what has happened in Maricopa County. And you know what I would say, guys, based on the past, based on previous history, based on historical data, we have done a really good job of not letting this fall between the cracks. We've done a really good job of not allowing this to be memory hold and absolutely a thousand percent. My heart and also my spirit and also my, my, my celebration goes to the people of Arizona and to the Arizona representatives who are still fighting. We're talking Karen Fan. We're talking Wendy Rogers. We're talking Sonny Borelli. We're talking Andrew Basucci. We're talking all of them, guys, that they are still fighting for this. But you know they can only do this with an awake and aware constituency that is pushing them. So they have... They have the ability to move forward without fear of reprisal <coughs> because it's a, it's a slippery slope guys. When we're talking about, um, when we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, representatives and senators who just want to, you know, you know, who just want to buck the tide, they can't buck that tide. They can't rock that boat or rock that vote, not to steal from a Democrat liberal left leaning idea. They can't rock that vote without their constituents standing behind them. Because if they have their constituents standing behind them, they can move forward and they know that uh, the other side will face more accountability if they fight against what the people want, if the people are aware and awake. Because the people who are aware and awake and have good information will act, ladies and gentlemen. So my, my, I laud, I applaud, I, I send accolades to the people of Arizona and the reps and the senators who have been fighting for this. Now, let's just jump a little bit deeper into what we're talking about here in Arizona. As we move along with our Trump statements for tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we've got some stuff here for you guys. Now, President Trump releases this statement here. It's a beautiful statement about the cyber ninjas. Now, you know, it's a good question. What happened to Doug Logan? What happened to the cyber ninjas? What's going on? We know that they've been threatened. They've said so as much. And so the uh, report, the audit report that came out last month, didn't see, and it's over a month ago now, didn't seem to be as clout worthy as we might have hoped, right? Uh, there was a lot of stuff going on here. There was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, a lot of stuff that we don't know about. We know, according to Doug Logan and Cyber Ninjas, that they were threatened. He has been threatened. And that's why there was no language inside that report that supported a decertification of the audit. And it seemed kind of, yeah, muscle menos, you know, it seemed kind of, yeah, middle of the road, right? 
but you know, there's a lot of stuff going on here, guys. Again, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. What I would like to share with you now, though, because the, the most important thing that we have moving forward, and again, guys, we're going to jump into this right now. But I'm going to share with you right now a brief interview with Senate President Karen Fan, And she has some reassurances about where we are with Arizona moving forward. The big hinge here right now is Attorney General Mark Burnovich and how he is going to handle and or move forward and or prosecute what is happening in Arizona with the findings of the Senate audit. So uh, let me give you uh, the attention and let me turn your attention over to Senate President Karen Fan. She's having an interview here with uh, the conservative circus, James T. Harris, where he talks to her a little bit about where we're going forward with Arizona and Maricopa County and A.G. Brnovich. Let's check it out now. And uh, let me make sure I got everything going good here as far as sound goes. I don't want to give you guys bad sound. Here we go, guys. I know how frustrating it is. All right. I apologize, guys. Just give me a second. We'll get this going. The sound is corrupt. We'll get it uncorrupted. I promise. Jeez Louise. Wow, this was not the situation earlier. All right. Let me get this. Let me get this running. We'll get it running, guys. Don't you worry. I don't know how frustrating it is when you just watch your car truck and then a surprise shower pops up. Go. They're trying to show me another. I don't want to hear about Glenn Youngkin. Okay. Don't want to hear about Glenn Youngkin. We're going to talk about Youngkin later on in the episode. We want to hear from Senate President Karen Fan. You will give it to us now, sir. Okay. Hold on. Give me a moment. Let me get this going. They're trying to skip this. Uh... Dang. They have totally killed this interview. We're going to get it, guys. Screw that. We're going to get this. Okay. I am not going to let them stop us from sharing this information. It's 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 not vital, but it's heartening. You know what I mean? And uh, they're... Okay, we'll get this going. We'll talk about Yunkin later on in this episode, guys. That's the plan. That is the plan. But we're not going to let them silence... Karen fan right now. I'm sorry. We're not going to have it. So we're not about it. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Oh my God, they have killed this or what? I am. Mm, I swear, guys, 10 minutes before this was going, this was ready. This is not satisfactory. Okay, hold on. We're going to get this going. We will get this going. Okay. 
They could not have killed this in like 10 minutes, I swear. Oh my god, how frustrating. Okay. Uh, let me see here. Let me see here. We're going to get this going, guys. Don't you worry. Oh my goodness. And again, guys, I do apologize. You all are listening to, <laughs> you all are listening to the uh, C report over at Twitch.tv, the Pill.net. And uh, if you're joining us over at the, uh, you're joining us over at the podcast side, we are live there as well. Uh, well, we're not live actually just yet, but we will be. We will be. After this uh, episode is done airing, we'll upload that straightly to you. If you're joining us over at the podcast side, ladies and gentlemen, I would say pop on over to uh, the foxhole.app or pill.net. And uh, you can check us out there. If not, you can check us out, of course, as always, at Twitch or at Clout Hub. I think we got it now, guys. Let's go ahead and get this going. Dang! They killed it! I cannot believe they killed it. I cannot believe they killed this interview. It's not even... Oh my goodness. Oh my days. This is... <laughs> Has no one else reported on this interview that they didn't care to kill it before today? I mean, why'd they have to kill it like right before I went on the air? I don't understand. I don't understand. I, this played earlier, and now it's dead. It's completely dead. Okay. We're going to find... I'm going to find it, guys. I, you know, I'm going to find this interview. I am beyond right now. Okay. I am beyond right now. They can't do this. iHeartRadio is where this came out on, and they were playing it when I put this report together, and they killed it. Okay. It, the only thing she says of import is that A.G. Brnovich is moving forward with the audit. That's the only thing that she says is important. Why do they feel it's so important to kill it? I don't understand. That's all she said that's really important. Just reassuring the American people and the people of Arizona that A.G. Brnovich is going to move forward with this audit. And iHeartRadio has just killed this interview. This is insane. Okay, this is insane. It was literally playing right before I went on air. Okay, screw it. We're going to have to... Okay, I'm going to have to scrap it. All right, I guess you win, Deep State Algorithms. I guess you win for tonight because uh, this was totally going right before the show started, and now it's dead. Okay, all right. The Conservative Circus is what I believe this was called, where this is coming from. Uh, Karen Fan did an interview with them. You guys know I like to pay interviews. The Conservative Circus. Go look them up, guys. The Conservative Circus with James T. Harris. Okay. Go look up the interview with Senate President Karen Fan of Arizona. And let me know if it tells you whether or not it says that uh, it's not playing. Because uh, it was playing here just fine and dandy before we went live. 
I have a couple of more things to share with you guys as far as audio interviews go and video. Uh, it'll be quite interesting to note whether or not those will work for the rest of the night. Because after all, after all, stuff happens. A lot of folks are upset because they... Ha! I got you! All right, guys, here we go. We're going to play this right now. We're going to play this right now in their face. In your face, Deep State. We got it. Here goes Karen Fan. All right, guys. A lot of folks are upset because they wanted this to turn out a certain way. A lot of folks are not, and they've got egg on their face. But the one thing that we have been consistent in is bringing in the, the major players and we have the Senate President Karen Fan who ordered this audit. She is in the center ring. And Senate President, you know, I just spoke with Doug Logan this morning, and I would like to get your perspective on this as well. The conclusions the auditors arrived at have disappointed a lot of people. But given that you have said from the very beginning that the audit was not about overturning an election, were you disappointed? Uh, no, and here's why. Well, I'll tell you what I'm disappointed is. I'm disappointed in the fact that some of that report is inconclusive, and so we will have supplemental reports coming. And the reason why it's inconclusive is because Maricopa County did not turn over the routers, did not turn over the splunk logs. They have now admitted before Congress that they deleted files the day before the, um, everything was supposed to be turned over to us. They admitted in Congress that um, actually they said that they had to, they had to delete them to make room for a, an upcoming election. However, Congressman then pointed out that there were still elections on the server from previous before 2020, and they couldn't explain why that was. And when they said, "Oh well, don't worry, the deleted files are on a backup archive," and and then Congressman Big said, "Did you turn that over to the auditors in the Senate?" And they said. Well, no, because they didn't subpoena our backed-up archives. So this is the stuff we have been putting up with since day one of people trying to discredit and hide things. And so consequently, you know, our audit was pretty darn good, and we're not done yet. I mean, you don't hold information from the voters and the constituents and and just think you're going to get away with it. Not going to happen. Did we learn enough from uh, this experience from the audit to demand changes in the voting process? Oh, absolutely, JT. You know, um, Ken Bennett uh, testified before Congress um, the number of election laws that were broken under Adrian Fontes's, uh regime, if you will, over there. Um, and, you know, not only as we as, as a legislative body, right, our job is policy. Our job is to make laws, make sure they're working, and change or update laws as necessary. It is the attorney general's office to enforce those laws. So we're on a dual path now. We have turned everything we have so far over to the attorney general. He has opened up a formal investigation. He is seeking not only all the information we have, but he's digging further into information that other people have gathered even outside of the audit. So um, he is, that's his job. He's going to hold people accountable for breaking the law and finding out exactly where those problems are. We as the Senate, this week, as a matter of fact, I'm meeting with all of my caucus members so that we can start working on legislation this week. Um, find out what laws aren't working. Find out what we need to do to strengthen the security of our election systems. And, um, and 
part of that's also going to be holding people accountable. You know, that's what I'm excited about. I'm really excited about the uh, Republicans getting together um, and any Democrats that want free or fair elections joining you and addressing these issues so that we don't have to be in a position again where we question what the results of our elections were in Arizona. And as far as people being held accountable, not only Adrian Fontes, but I think something that really sticks in our craw is the fact that the Maricopa Board of Supervisors were able to just um, uh, fight you, fight the process every step of the way, defy subpoenas, erase information, (laughs) and really become that one obstacle where people do believe if something was hinky, it happened with them. That's very frustrating to a lot of Arizonans. Absolutely. And and that is exactly, you hit it on the nail on the head there. It is, this is what's so frustrating to me. I mean, there's a lot of frustrating things, but one thing that's frustrating to me is I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why the Board of Supervisors and the Recorder's Office didn't agree with me right off the bat and say, let's sit down and do an audit on this. You know, let's make sure we've got a lot, we've got 45% of our voters who were polled that said, that they believe there are serious problems or fraud in our election system in Arizona. So why would we not answer their questions? 45% is a a ridiculous percentage of people. I mean, it should be zero, but, you know, okay, we'll live with 1%. But why would they refuse to do that? Why would they not want to answer constituent questions? It's just, you know, I, I don't know. I was watching a thing on uh, the news the other night when I was in Tucson, and it was interesting. I heard a, an elected official from another state who was on a, radio, a TV show, and one of the questions we were talking about audits, and he said, um, well, can you imagine if we did find there was a difference in the turnout of the election and the votes that it wasn't for Biden? And, uh, he, you know, obviously he was saying that it would be, um, I can't remember the word he used, but it, it, he would literally turn the nation upside down if that were the case. Yeah, it would turn the nation upside down. And yet we don't have any mechanism in place to address that wrong, uh, you know, outside the course. By the time we work it out there, we're going to have another election. And that's why I think it's so important that we take care of business in each of the individual states where where you had, you know, something, some irregularities. I'm sorry, irregularities going on. We have Senate President Karen Fannett in the center ring of the conservative circus. Let me ask you this. You just mentioned that this is now in the hands of the special master and the Arizona attorney general. Um, this is about election integrity unit, I guess. Do you have confidence in them? Yes, I do. Um, uh, A.G. Burnovich has um, been waiting for the audit to be done so that he can look into it, verify. Uh, I mean, that's his job. He's going to look at it impartially. He's going to look at it and and back up whatever information we've given him or anybody else, and then he can move forward in the best way he sees fit. So, yeah, I do. The special master, um, uh, John Shattuck, has always been known as an honorable congressman. He's been around a long time. Um, We, uh, you know, the Board of Supervisors said, we will make sure you get all the information that you need from the Splunk logs, all the questions answered from the Splunk logs and the routers. And I can tell you that, you know, when, when we decided to go with the special master, 
Um, my attorney advised us, our extended attorney said, Karen, you have not lost any rights whatsoever. You are taking the high road you, to get this information. If for any reason that information is not provided to us, um, to our satisfaction, we have every right to issue another subpoena and we can take them back to court and say, no, you said we'd get the information. You have failed again. So I am, I am, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that we will get on that, all that information because they know we're not backing down. We will go through this again. So please just work with us and let's get this thing finished. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and there you have it. Senate President of Arizona, Karen Fan, giving a little bit of a um, uh, interview there, which was nice. It was nice to find it. I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you guys that interview, and it's all linked. I guess, I guess uh, the conservative circus links out of iHeartRadio. I guess that's where they broadcast from, right? And so everyone has that link. It don't work no more. iHeartRadio, I'm glad we don't have the C-Report over there on your platform because you clearly suck. All right, guys. So we got Senate President Karen Fan. We got a lot of pressure coming on to A.G. Brnovich. You know, now one of the things that we have to understand about A.G. Brnovich is that he has to work with the rule of law. So it's not necessarily what the constituents want because uh, just imagine it, guys, if you have someone who's following forensic evidence, but the constituents want the opposite of what forensic evidence um, tells you, is that really justice served? So therein lies a very delicate balance. But let's get into this next before we move on with the rest of President Trump's statements. We're going to take a look, ladies and gentlemen, at what Cyber Ninjas had to say. Because, uh, as you all know, we had the forensic audit report drop at the end of last month. It was uh, very informative and very detailed, but lacked the luster that a lot of us felt should have taken place within this audit. Now, Maricopa County and their board of supervisors, the BOSPOS, this, they, they had their chance to respond, and they did, okay? And then, not only that, but we had the sham hearing by the House Committee Oversight and Reform that was just basically meant to bulldoze, demonize, and otherwise uh, totally uh, mislead the American people in regards to their own judgments on this. And also to give some, uh, you know, screen time to the uh, Maricopa County BOS POSs, such as uh, Jack Sellout Sellers, uh, the chairman, as well as Bill Gates, not the eugenicists, but the election and the election and uh, the election fraudster. Okay, over there in Maricopa County, give them some screen time to uh, try and set the story straight. And in fact, they actually ended up. Um, uh, <laughs> they actually ended up. Uh, what do you call it? They actually ended up um, uh, basically indicting themselves. Right. They said some things that I wouldn't have said if I were in their position, but they did either way. So we're going to take a look at this, guys. Right now, we're going to go through the uh, Cyber Ninja's response. Now, we know Doug Logan has been under threat, okay? I don't. We don't know about whether any other members of the Cyber Ninja's team or whether um, uh, whether the gentleman from uh, Ben, uh, Ben is it Ben Cotton, I think is his name, over at Cypher, don't know if he's been under threat. Not Tom Cotton, Ben Cotton. Ben Cotton is the man who's the head of Cypher, 
uh, which is also mentioned in this refute that was uh, brought to us by Cyber Ninjas. So let's take a look at this. This thing, this document is a refutation. It's a rebuke of what the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, the BOS, POS, had to say about the findings of the uh, forensic audit report. We're going to go through it. It's 11 pages. It won't take long, guys. This will be a walk in the park, and I think it's very vital because uh, it needs to be done. Um, Cyber Ninjas, Maricopa County Analysis of Senate Review, Cyber Ninjas Response. Don't forget, guys, he was under threat. And uh, what we understand is that uh, the language of the actual audit report could not be as strong as it was because he was under duress. So let's see what uh, Doug Logan of Cyber Ninjas had to say in regards to Maricopa County's response to the actual report. Uh, We'll start here. Maricopa County continues to purposely mislead Arizonans and the American public about the nature of audit findings and the impact they had on the 2020 general election. Their response renames and redefines audit findings, so the claim can be made that the findings are false, includes logical-sounding arguments that simply don't add up, and is completely devoid of any supporting evidence. The following response to their review continues to refute their baseless claims with evidence and citations. Very important, ladies and gentlemen, because, of course, through their lies of omission... <clears throat> and they're uh, they're altering or changing the point of view. Yeah, it's very lawyer stuff, guys. Here, very lawyer stuff, you know. And that's where a lot of this comes from. Now, let's jump back into this. One point one, which is the first uh, section, is voter you voted using prior address. Okay, so we had voters that were caught using a prior address. The county stated that the U.S. Postal Service national change of address should have been used as a trusted source. Melissa utilizes the NCOA, the national change of address, for their move data. Melissa is a trusted source. Not Melissa Alano, guys. Melissa. This is a... Milano. This is a clearly documented within the report, within the respective findings, and ignored by the county's response. This validates the audit results. The lack of precision from the county's response also leaves a lot in question. Our report provides in the appendixes a full list of every voter ID affected, as well as details as to when and where that individual moved. The county's response doesn't even confirm an exact number of records that were validated, nor the explanation for why the records they validated were not an issue. The county expects that simply asserting that our claim is false makes it false, rather than providing any documentation to validate their claims. And isn't that kind of what we see, ladies and gentlemen? This is gaslighting. This is them simply saying because I said it, or you know that that great argument that is all, well, everyone knows, and because everyone knows, well, obviously the other person's wrong. Well, that's BS, guys. Speak for yourself, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. Speak for yourself and with the knowledge, truth, and receipts to back up what you're saying. That's what I say, right? 
It says, furthermore, the counties claim that voters can legally change their addresses after the voter registration period and still legally vote is an extremely misleading statement. The counties claim that voters can legally change their address after the voter registration period and still legally vote is an extremely misleading statement. Our report was primarily based on the November 7th VM34 voter roll file, and therefore any address changes should have been reflected in that version of the file. In addition, this is only possibly uh, applicable for individuals who move within, within Maricopa County, that total to 15,035 voters who moved within Maricopa County and would not apply to individuals who moved outside of the county, which was a total of 12,772 voters, and therefore be required to re-register to vote. It would also be expected that the county would be able to state exactly how many of the 15,035 voters changed their addresses rather than making a blanket statement and implying that it fully explains the findings, the fact the county chose not to do this raises more questions. So think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Think about that. Again, here you have Cyber Ninjas and the Forensic Auditor saying that they can make a statement that 15,035 voters change their address and they can show you every single one of those voters and their addresses and the time that they changed their address. They can give you the data. They can give you the receipts. They can give you the sauce. But when Maricopa County decides to make a blanket statement, they cannot provide you any of those facts. And I would say provide the facts and we have a case here, but they can't. And this is, this is to be clear, ladies and gentlemen, because we had a report that was under duress and we have a mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy media that did a live omission and fooled America that this needs to be covered, that this needs to be said, this needs to be spoken. Okay. So we're going to speak it. All right. That's what needs to be done. Here are the facts. Here's what they found in the report. Here's what we here's what we did not get. And better yet, here's how we're going to respond to the lying, treasonous, criminal Maricopa County Board of Supervisors that need to get justice served unto them. Be it cold, be it hot, be it whatever it is, may justice be served. Okay? Now, 1.1, mail-in ballots from prior addresses. Another issue that we saw happening over at Maricopa County. Now, Maricopa County's uh, claim about votes who moved, that's misleading. We saw that already. Uh, now we see that they also provide no documentation, okay, for any of those moves. All right, there's no answers to how many of those 15,035 uh, voters had legally changed their address. Now we got this. Mail-in ballots that voted from prior addresses. On Twitter, the county suggested that the largest of their findings, of our findings associated with a change in address was inaccurate because it did not take into account college students, snowbirds, or military personnel. 
The county did not read the report very carefully if it believes that college students and snowbirds could significantly impact these numbers. The finding very clearly states that the address was checked after the documented move date, and if anyone was still at the residence with the same last name, the voter ID was removed from the list. This should account for almost all situations with college students and snowbirds. Which, if I might uh, season this uh, statement with this uh, very notion, uh, Santa Barbara, University of California, Santa Barbara, had this same issue, guys. They had empty university dorms that somehow had over 3,000, 4,000 uh, college students voting. University California, Santa Barbara, we covered this months ago, ladies and gentlemen, and still... California is wrapped up in voter fraud, guys. I mean, take it too. Either no one is listening to the Sea Report in California or no one cares. But this has been this has been reported, guys. University of California, Santa Barbara, do something with it. We're giving you the information, not just for your information, but so you can act on it. Okay? Now, University of California, Santa Barbara had the same situation going on. They had empty dorms because of COVID, and yet somehow every dorm was double or triple stuffed with students that voted in the 2020 presidential election. That has been tossed back and forth with no jurisdictional claim by any law enforcement officer in Santa Barbara, California, since that day. Okay, you know what? Let me make a note of it right now so we can do a follow-up maybe on the next C report. We can tell you if anyone... Let me use my little pen here. Let me do the work. We can tell you if anyone in Santa Barbara, California has decided to take responsibility for jurisdiction on this case because it was literally getting thrown around for months. And apparently we're in December, uh, we're in October 2021, heading into November, and still nothing has been done about University, California, Santa Barbara, and the obvious fraud that took place there. California, wake up. If you really mean what you say, Katie Ham, let's get on it. All right, Katie Ham or Kathy Ham or whatever your name is, she's running for Secretary of State. I say, Katie Ham, you can take this episode, you can take this on. In fact, I should have asked her that question when I had the chance. Forgive me. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, expanding. Proof. More early ballots returned by voters than received. Okay. Uh, Cyber Ninja says the numbers simply do not support the county's claim that the curing of ballots would result in a second scanning of the envelope and therefore a second early voter 33 entry for a received ballot. This is a soundbite, not an explanation. The 9,041 voter IDs that had more early voter 33 returned ballot entries than early voter 32 sent ballots and the individual voted via mail was provided to Dr. Shiva to see if there was any correlation between these voter IDs and the prevalence of more than one scanned envelope. Only 2,138 of these voter IDs had more than one scanned ballot. If the county's explanation properly accounted for this issue, then there should be a one-for-one match with multiple scanned ballots for all 9,041 voter IDs. This simply cannot explain the issue when only 24% of the 9,041 voter IDs had multiple envelope image 
scans. So guys, again, another point of refutation for um, Cyber Ninjas against Maricopa County is that uh, they received more early voting ballots than uh, they received envelopes or voters. Okay, they have all of this. They have the receipts. They have the data. They have the evidence. Let this be a refutation. May justice be served. Okay, uh, we're looking at voters that potentially voted in multiple counties. We're looking at official results that do not match who voted. Let's see what this is about. The finding is accurate as written. The official results from the canvas do not match the list of voters in the voter mail 55 file. The county attempted to conceal this flaw by renaming this finding in their response to official results don't include all voters for the sole purpose of falsely discrediting the claim. Their explanation states that protected voters are not included in the VM55 file and therefore there is a discrepancy. This does not explain the issue raised by the audit team, the fact that county couldn't that the county could not reply with a precise number of protected voters who voted in the election that matches the outline discrepancy shows that their response is not accurate and willingness to address flaws in their system is non-existent. Furthermore, several weeks before the hearing, the Senate attorney reached out to the county to request an explanation for this so that it could be ensured that the audit report was accurate as possible. The county ignored the request for weeks and then replied to the request the night before the hearing with details about the protected voter list. To ensure the accuracy of our audit, despite the county's willful lack of cooperation, we both discussed this possible explanation in the hearing and included disclaimers in the reports for findings that would be invalid if this information was true. Okay, they even gave them the benefit of the doubt, guys. They even gave them the benefit of the doubt. More duplicate ballots than original ballots. Another issue. The county's response is extremely misleading and does not respond to any of the specific details outlined within the audit report. In the case cited by the county, Ward versus Jackson, only 16... 126 ballots were reviewed. While the audit reviewed all of the duplicated ballots, the spilled box of UOCAVA ballots referenced in the county's response was not a box, but a stack of 20. That stack of 20 slide onto the ground in a manner that even maintained the order of the ballots and was promptly picked up and put back in the box. This occurred within the contained space of the Senate special ballot corral under the direct view of Ken Bennett and the Secretary of State observer, Ken. This doesn't account for anything close to the discrepancies detected by the audit. Furthermore, the detailed records provided by the county for duplicate ballots were shown by the audit to be incorrect and full of mislabeling and other errors as documented in the report. Detailed records are only useful if they're correctly recorded. I have to review this statement again, guys. Please forgive me. Because I have a bone to pick with Ken Bennett, ladies and gentlemen. I have a big bone to pick with him. Okay. Um, it says here, okay, the county's response is extremely misleading. Okay. It says here, 
that um, the spilled box of ballots that are referenced in the county, that's Maricopa County's response, it was not a box of ballots, it was a stack of 20. The stack of 20 slide, the stack of 20 ballots slide onto the ground in a manner that even maintained the order of the ballots and was promptly picked up and put back in the box. Okay, so you have a stack of 20 slide onto the ground in a manner that they're still in order. They're picked up and put back in the box. This occurs within the contained space of the Senate's special ballot corral under the direct view of Ken Bennett. Okay, so he watched this happen and it does not account for anything close to the discrepancies detected by the audit. I, it is what it is, guys. I cannot decipher that any more than what I'm reading. It just, it uh, makes me do a double take for some reason. It makes my C-Sense tingle for some reason. Okay. The uh, election management system database and logs purged, files deleted. So this one's some juicy juice right here, guys. You know, this is, this is, this is the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors explanation um, for storage uh, procedures, right? Storage space procedures. In fact, in fact, guys, uh, we even have the Maricopa County Board of Supervisor, Bill Gates, not the eugenicist, the election fraudster, admitting that they, they deleted this. Okay. Now this is, this here is their explanation for why they deleted the files, which we find to be absolutely ridiculous. Okay. Absolutely ridiculous. They claim it's part of their standard operating procedures and they are proven to be false. Let's see what it says. It says the county's response to the purged and deleted data and files shows they do not know what is going on within their election management system and they, that they did not carefully read the subpoena. Not only are many of the items that were deleted specifically listed in the original subpoena and therefore a request for an archive or backup would not be needed but the dates and the timelines in their response to the audit report and on Twitter is not supported by the dates in the logs on the machines. Busted, ladies and gentlemen. Busted. Wide open. Furthermore, what was done for the November 2020 general election does not match any past elections found in the electronic management election management system server countering any arguments that the purging and deletion of files is standard procedure and the over two terabytes of free storage on the device counters any arguments it had to be done for space requirements. These arguments are handled in the following sections but show clear evidence that data that should have been protected by the subpoena was instead destroyed. This one right here, ladies and gentlemen, is probably one of the bigger of the finds as we have been following this case, guys. And um, like I said, during the sham hearing by the House Oversight Committee and Reform, or the House Committee on Oversight and Reform, during that sham hearing, they actually incriminated themselves. 
Would you guys like to take a walk back down memory lane? I sure would. Let's see how that played out. I'll start with Mr. Bennett, and then we'll, go, we'll try to work on down so everybody can get there. Um, is it standard practice to delete files off a server after an election, Mr. Bennett? I hope not. Um, so, Mr. Gates, would you agree with that? Uh, I would say that it is appropriate to maintain files, and that's exactly what we did. We deleted the, the deleted files that have been discussed. They were archived. So you, you, so you admit that you guys did delete, Maricopa County did delete files off the server after the election? That, that, were, that are archived. Yeah, and so when you released um, uh, these, these uh, servers and these, this information to the auditors to begin with, they didn't have access to those archived files at first. Is that fair to say? They did not subpoena those. That's correct. <laughs> okay, so, so you didn't feel obligated to turn that over then to, to them? We, we responded to the subpoena. Okay. Mr. Bennett, your response to that? I find it, frankly, laughable to suggest that a county, in response to a subpoena, could say we will delete files from the hard drives and materials that we give to the auditors because we have those files archived on data that we did not give to the auditors when the subpoena said turn over all the records related to the election. Yes, yeah, that's the way I read the subpoena. It was more broadly than, than the county read it for sure. So um, so your, your Twitter account mentions that the purging of the 2020 election database in the beginning of February is a standard practice. Can you please confirm for me that that's what you do for all elections, after all elections you, that you do that? I, I cannot confirm that for you today, but we can certainly get you that answer, Congressman. Thank, thank you. Mr. Chairman, can you, can you confirm that today or not? I, I really can't confirm that either today. I, I just know that because there is limited space on these servers, when you have to run another election, then you have to make room for the additional uh, election data. So, so was there additional? Was 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 there still? Well, let me just rephrase this. If that if that is the standard practice, which is kind of, I don't think you guys are saying that you know for sure, but you're, uh, the chairman just intimated that that that's the case. Can you explain to me why data was still present for prior elections uh, on the databases in and of itself? Yeah, again, I, I don't have an answer to that question, but we'll certainly get you an answer for it, Congressman. Okay. Um, all right. I, I would appreciate if you would give me that information. And I, I do think that it's important that our recorder has suggested that he will be answering every question in a timely fashion. That's, that's the same recorder that campaigned that Adrian Fontes was incompetent and called him a criminal. Um, and he was the guy that was running the 2020 election, and that's and you actually hired someone to oversee Mr. Fontes because you guys didn't trust Mr. Fontes as well. Is that the same guy? Is that the same Stephen Richard? <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it that way uh, exactly. But what we did was we did have statutory and boards, as you know, Congressman boards of supervisors have responsibility for election day operations. Yep. And we took that back so that we would have uh, four Republicans and two Democrats overseeing the 2020 election. We thought. Oh, man. And
Andy Biggs just ran over them with that one. He's like the same Stephen Richer that said that Montez is running an illegal campaign and he's a fraudster. That same man, you're going to have him? Yeah, that was great. And of course, Chairman Maloney has to ring her bell. She can ring her bell all she wants. That was great. Now, they incriminated themselves right there, guys. You all remember it. You guys watched it. We saw it here live. We aired that, we aired that same sham hearing live here at the Sea Report on that fateful Thursday morning or Wednesday morning. Uh, but yeah, there you go. I mean, they incriminate themselves. Now they're saying that they had to, uh, they had to clear up space. They had to clear up space for future elections when they had two terabytes of space still left over. And they'd never done anything of the like in all of their election history, electronically speaking for what, like a decade or more, never done anything like, I guess it took them a decade to use up all their space. Now, if you have to preserve your election files for 22 months, why would you not delete the stuff from like 10 years ago first before you delete the stuff that's still within its, you know, legal holding period? A.G. Bernovich, may justice be served, sir. May justice be served is all I can say till I'm blue in the face, cold or hot. I don't care how it comes. Let justice be served. Because they could have very well deleted the last 10 years of data and preserved the 2020 presidential election data, which is still not out of its statute of limitations for preservation. Ladies and gentlemen, if a layman like myself can understand that, A.G. Brnovich, certainly you understand what's going on. Put down your nunchucks and please pick up your justice. <laughs> How else can I put it, guys? How else can I put it? All right, let's see what else we got here. We're we're on page three. <laughs> we're moving right along, ladies and gentlemen. Dug -a -dung, dug -a -dung. Let's go ahead and see what we got here. Moving right along. Let's see. False claim, false county claim, standard archival steps were taken on February 2nd. Now, this has to do with the deletion of data again, okay? The results tallying and reporting logs clearly show that all database as uh, all data as well as files in the NAS directory were purged and deleted on February 1st. The action was started at 5:14 and 47 seconds p.m. and finished at 5:20 p.m. So it took them it took them 5 minutes and 13 seconds to delete all of that data. If any backups or archives were conducted on February 2nd, the data was already deleted. Oh, looky here, ladies and gentlemen. So what they're trying to say, what they're trying, what this report is telling us right here is if what Jack Sellout Sellers and Bill Gates, the election fraudster, not the eugenicist, are actually selling you the truth, and including Katie Hobbs. Let's not let's not forget Secretary of Snakes Katie Hobbs, who said, oh, "Well, I have all the backup of that data." That's what Katie Hobbs said. She's like, "I've got all the backup. They sent it to me, right?" And they never, they no one's asked Katie Hobbs to turn it over yet. But Katie Hobbs said she has the backup, right? They sent it to her. The arc, the archival data, been sent to Katie Schnobs. Okay, what this report is saying. That if indeed Katie Hobbs has the backup of this data, if they did not send it to her before February 1st at 5.20 p.m., it was already deleted. No one's cared to look that up just yet, but 
Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And they have the uh, sources here to show that. This little uh, drawing right here is, uh, is from their data, pulled from there, shows you when that change happened, when the purge occurred. If it was normal to purge data, as can be seen in the finding in the audit report, it would be expected that this would be true for every other election on the election management service server, system server. However, as can be seen in the screenshot uh, below, the data is still present for other past elections. This is just what I said, guys. Like, why would you not delete the last 10 years of election, uh, election management system data why would you delete one that is still needed to be protected by law, statutory limitations, 22 months? Why would you delete the 2020 elections when you can go back and delete the 20, 2008, the 2012, the 2016? You can go back and delete the 2004. Oh, no, 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 no. We need, we need, we need space on our two terabytes of free servers, service, uh, memory. So let's delete the 2020 election data. And let's preserve the, the stuff from 10 years ago. It makes absolutely no sense. Let's break that down right now, guys. It makes no sense. Okay. So I don't need to, I don't need to spill into that anymore. I think all of that information has been uh, well understood. Here you go. It's just uh, confirmation of the data that still exists. You know, they still have the August 4th Pima County and uh, Maricopa County primary election data. Still, they had, they still have that, you know. They still have the November 5th, 2019 election data right here. You can see it. Uh, maybe you can't because it's too small, but there it is right there. Right there. You want to see what I'm talking about? In their election management systems, they still have the November 5th, 2019 election data, yet they erase the 2020 election data, which is still in statute limitations by law for preservation. Okay. That's what, that's what we're saying here at the C report. Now, you know, uh, I know it's not exciting. It's not as exciting as breaking headlines, but this is stuff that needs to be understood by the general mass consciousness, right? It needs to be submitted into our uh, oversouls, into the Akashic record that this stuff existed, okay? So that justice may be served. That's what's important here. We don't care how it's served. Justice needs to be served, okay? Justice needs to be served. Furthermore, this um, this refutation of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, BOS POS says, the standard way to archive Dominion software is to run a backup from election event designer. This method of backup is found with every past election, and it's the only way to create a zip archive with all of the database, database, database <laughs> details. And who's eating bass out there tonight? You feeling red bass, red trout? Okay. And all of the items within the NAS directory. This operation does not delete any data. The last time a package file was created was on November 13th, as can be seen in the screenshot of the RTR logs. This is inconsistent with the county statement. An archive was created on February 2nd. So again, what they're saying here is if you want to archive Dominion information, you don't send it to Katie Hobbs, okay? And you know that she's running defense for Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. You know it, right? A Democrat Secretary of State who was funded by Clinton and George Soros as early as 2012, 14, and 8 is running defense for the Republican Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. What's going on here? 
What is going on, guys? Okay, let's get into this a little bit more. And thank you all for joining us again tonight live here at the Sea Report. It's much appreciated, your presence, both spiritually and physically. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. False county claim. The county ran two forensic audits by certified companies. Now, this, this refutation here, I'm quite glad to see. We've talked about ProVNB. We've talked about SLI. We've talked about how they are certified to certify the machines. They are not certified to uh, audit elections, guys. They're there to drop the machine from a three-story building and make sure it works. They're there to make sure that the numbers add up. They're there to make sure the electronics work. They're not there to audit elections, okay? And um, Doug Logan of Cyber Ninjas does a very good job of making this point clear. Let's see what he has to say. The procedures documented within the ProVND report for the first Maricopa County audit did not follow any industry-recognized standard digital forensic process. And the SLI report clearly documents that they could not forensically Im um, image the electronic management system server due to the RAID configuration. This is consistent with the fact that neither company is certified for forensic examination of digital equipment. And this is not work either company regularly does. Both companies are certified by the Election Assistance Commission for certifying election equipment, not for completing forensic audits. This is a sham. This is a sham that has been run on the American people. We have been bamboozled into believing that anytime someone says we need a certified, we need a certified auditor, we need a certified vendor to come in and do these election audits, we've been bamboozled, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Doug Logan, who's uh, under duress because of this report and everything else, has clearly stated it here in his refutation of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors report. Clearer than the Gateway Pundit, clearer than the C-Report, clearer than anyone has said it to date. Spelling it out quickly and clearly, ladies and gentlemen, share this episode with your friends and your family. Catch the replay, you know. Uh, this is an important episode. I doubt anyone else has broken this down like this. Let's go back into it. Okay. Furthermore, since all election results were cleared, clearly no one cares uh, about, uh, were cleared from the election management system server. Before any of these two audits were performed, the only thing these companies could do was run test cases against the election equipment to see if it behaved properly. No results were audited by either of these two companies. Very important statements here, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how much clearer I could make this. Okay. Uh, corrupt and missing ballot images. The county claims that the fact that ballot images are corrupt or missing from the election management system is inconsequential and that ballot images should have been viewed from one of the other drives provided. This defies normal audit principles where the official system of record, the AMS server, would be utilized for the analysis. This also does not explain why or how the images got corrupt 
or why images are missing from that system. The drive provided wasn't even in the same folder structure as the NAS directory or have any other resemblance of an official backup for this drive to be considered as the official source of images would require that there is some documented procedure for the collection of these images. Furthermore, a review of the drive provided doesn't include all pre-adjudicated images. The post-adjudicated images on the drive show the expected 2,089,563 images, but the pre-adjudicated images only show 1,923,719 images. The difference of 165,844 images appears to be the number of ballots processed by the election day image cast precinct to tabulators based on the CBRs, but it's unclear why or how these images could be collected in a manner where these images were missing. As a result, it creates further questions on the reliability of these images. And guys, I mean, all I can say is let's go back to Texas. Don't mean to do it, guys, but uh, the forensic audit they're calling for down here is a total sham, okay? It is, and right in line with this statement about the ballot images, that's the electronic ballot images in Texas, they've done a partial review. They've done a small percent of ballot images. I wouldn't doubt if it's 2%. It's not, a, it's not a full review of all electronic ballot images. It's not a full review of physical ballots. It's not a canvas. It's not a forensic audit, okay? And that's the beauty also about what happened in Maricopa County and the efforts of the Arizona Senate and the efforts of Cyber Ninjas and Cypher and everyone involved in this audit is that we now have we now have the blueprint. We now have the um, the recipe for what a forensic audit looks like. I wouldn't have known what it looks like prior to this. I do now. And now I know what we need. Now we know what we need. And we're not getting it in Texas. It's a sham. We have rhino communists running the state and it needs to be fixed. May justice be served, ladies and gentlemen. Subpoenaed equipment not provided. We all know about the subpoena equipment not provided. Furthermore, failing to comply with a subpoena is a criminal offense and not something that can be included in a civil settlement. It will be up to Attorney General Brnovich to determine if the missing subpoena items are a sufficient grievance to merit further investigation or prosecution. This is not something that is within the Senate's responsibilities. And then they go on to list some of the things that were not returned. Poll worker laptops, site book voter roll check-in devices, backup Dominion EMS electric man election management system servers, ballot on demand printer and accessible voting devices not turned in. Let's take a look. We're at the end here, guys, of this report, and we'll move on with the last remaining statements from President Trump. I told you guys we'll go about two and a half hours today. We'll probably wrap up about 10 p.m. Texas time. That's about 40 minutes from now. Um, still got a few more things to cover with you guys. Tell your friends in case they went a fox hopping. 1.91 internet connectivity. The county's response does not state that the systems were never connected to the internet. Now, this has to do with them being connected to the internet, right? The county's response does not state that the systems were never connected to the internet, but always seems to address this issue in the present tense indicating that the election system is not currently connected to the internet 
and then cite the two forensic audits conducted by the county that proved at the time of their audits there was no evidence of internet activity. Okay, so this is key. This is this is lawyer speak. Okay, this is lawyer language, guys. Ah, uh, yeah, right now it's not connected to the internet. Nah, it's not connected to the internet at this time. At the time of this audit, it's not connected to the internet. They didn't dig deep. They didn't look at their servers. They didn't look at their routers. They didn't do none of that. Well, guess what? Cyber Ninjas and Cypher did, okay? Cypher's analysis never stated that the systems were always connected to the internet, but simply stated that there are distinct periods of time where internet connectivity can be validated. As a result, while on the surface, it looks like the county is countering the claims in the audit report. In fact, their response appears to be a misdirection. Now, in this paragraph we're not going to read, it talks about what Cypher used, the uh, programs and protocol that they used in order to determine whether or not they were ever at any point in time connected to the internet. That's what this talks about. Next statement says, uh, the program they used, which was HSTEXV4, identified and extracted all internet history into a .hstx file that was analyzed using the Digital Detective Net Analysis V2 tool. In addition to the URL that was navigated to, this data includes a visits column. Per the tool documentation and basic forensic analysis, the visits field is only populated when a URL, and you know a URL is a web address, is actually visited and does not populate when a web page cannot be resolved. So in other words, if it does not connect to the web page, it won't, it won't uh, populate in the column. If the web page can be visited, then it populates in the data column. This visits column can be seen in all of the following screenshots of the tool output and clearly refutes the claim that the machines never had a pathway to the internet. So when we're talking about them not handing, not handing over those routers, this is what we're talking about. Let's take a look, ladies and gentlemen. On February 2nd, 2021, the, electro the election management system server connected to router az700632.vomsecond.net website three times. Here is the data to support that. Right here, it's showing you where their election management systems connected to somewhere on the internet. Okay. The election management system client one connected to three different sites a total of nine separate times after the installation of the Dominion software. Figure 5, Election Management System, Client 1 Connections, detailed these connections. Here we go again. This is where they have some connections. The electronic Elections Management System Client 3 connected to go.microsoft.com website six times after the installation of the Dominion software. Figure 6, Election management system, client three connections, detail these connections. Now, let's take a look at the dates real quick, okay? On this this one right here, 
we're looking at February 7th, 2020. Now, we're also looking at February 22nd, 2021 and February 7th, 2020. So this February 22nd, 2021 clearly happens after, after the elections. And then we have one prior. These here happened on uh, February 2nd, 2021, February 2nd, 2021. Along about the time we're seeing that they're deleting data, right? Uh, we have some that connected in 2019. Now, this information here might make me want to go back to 2019 and look at what their primaries were like back then, right? And who won <laughs> going back to that kind of a date. Uh, it says here, um, this is talking about the connections, okay? The Maricopa County Board of Supervisors represented to the public and to the auditors that none of the election systems were connected to the internet. The Maricopa County Board of Supervisors did not provide any qualifying statements to the auditors at the time of the equipment delivery, nor did they provide a network diagram explaining that the REWEB-1601 and the REGIS-1202 servers were connected to the internet. The auditors subsequently took the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors as at their stated word and reported the interconnections to each of these servers to the Arizona Senate. The auditors appreciate the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors' admission that these two servers were indeed connected to the internet. The Maricopa County Board of Supervisors stated that two federally certified voting system testing laboratories independently reported that the systems were not connected to the internet. So, here you go, guys. A little, a little clemency, maybe, but ultimately an indictment and an incrimination. But Maricopa County did fess up to federal testing systems coming in. And the federal people lied in this case, guys. Maybe Maricopa County is trying to find a way out for their sins. May justice be served by admitting to the Senate and the auditors that two federally certified voting system testing laboratories reported that they were not connected to the internet. And Maricopa County went around and said, yeah, at least twice it happened. Very crazy, guys. Very crazy. All right. Last of the stuff we'll cover in this uh, issue tonight. Log management. The Maricopa County Board of Supervisors stated the following in response to the audit report concerning the county's failure to preserve the operating logs on the election management system server. The systems automatically logs all actions taken on the equipment. These logs are configured according to factory settings and have a storage limit of 20 megabytes. This statement ignores the crux of the finding. Failure to properly retain log data. Maricopa County had full administrative authorities over the configuration and maintenance of the logging functions and the log retention during operations, duration operations. To claim that the reason the log data was not retained because the log size defaults setting was only 20 megabytes is disingenuous at best. When the county had the full control to properly modify this setting to ensure that the log data was properly retained, the retention period for these log artifacts should have been for 22 months, but was not. And finally, intentional execution of scripts to deliberately ensure that log entries were not retained. The response by Maricopa County does not address the fact that a user leveraging the EMS admin account deliberately and purposely executed a script that checked the account for duplicate passwords 
38,478 times, this deliberate execution of the script occurred over three days, specifically on February 11th, 2021. There were 462 log entries overwritten on execution of the script occurred over three days on 3-3-2021. There were 37,686 log entries overwritten and on April 12th, 2021, there were 330 log entries overwritten given that the Maricopa County knew that the setting on the log retention was limited to 20 megabytes, the act of executing these scripts had the effect of deliberately ensuring that the Windows security logs covering the dates of the general election would not be available for review. Ladies and gentlemen, can we get any better of a refutation of the sins and crimes of Maricopa County Board of Supervisors than through the individuals that carried out this audit themselves. Thank you, Doug Logan, Cyber Ninjas, Ben Cotton, Cypher, for your hard work and integrity on bringing us the details that we need to know in order to have justice served. And the bravery that these men and women are still pronouncing to this date, guys. You know they're under attack. You know that they're way over the target. And our prayers and our goodwill will go well towards them. Now, we also, and now, now we're wrapping this up, right? We're, I told you we were going to talk about Arizona today, guys. We've been far too long. Now, all of this, of course, has gone to A.G. Burnovich, ladies and gentlemen. All of it has gone to A.G. Burnovich. And I will tell you for a fact when I was at the Forgotten Country Patriot Double Down, and my day was Monday, guys. I was there for election integrity. Nothing is more important than our freedom, and our freedom is directly represented by our vote, and that was the most important reason to be there that day during that period of time, okay? And I stood before the Arizona panel. I stood before... Uh, Basucci, Fincham, Rogers, and Borelli, and I asked them what we could do to move Brnovich forward. He's a sleeping bear. He's playing with nunchucks. What's he going to do? Okay. And they told me to my face, guys, because I asked them myself. They told me to my face, he is working within the realms of the law. So we can email him and text him and, and uh, call him and tell him, you better prosecute. But literally speaking, guys, with respect to their point of view and what they're talking about, you cannot use a vocal majority or a vocal minority to move the rule of law. You have to respect the rule of law. We know what here is fraud, but we cannot harass this man. In fact, they told us to email him and call him and thank him. For moving forward. Now we have, uh, let's see, we, uh, we have, for example, we had representative Paul Gosar, uh, who was also present during this, uh, sham hearing that the house oversight committee on reform or house committee on oversight and reform did who called him out and, you know, brought some very good points, uh, to the attempt of everyone that was present. And he's saying we need to demand the attorney in general indict. I demand justice be served. Let him indict it. Let him indict it. But this is the long game. This is the game that the good guys and the Jedis play. Okay, we don't deal in the same uh, 
the same things that uh, the dark side do, right? If the dark side says, hey, let's go kill all our enemies so we should win, do you think the good guys are going to do that? I don't think so, okay? It's not going to happen. It just doesn't work like that, right? It just don't work like that. We're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna we're gonna do what Michael Obama said a long time ago. We're gonna take the high road, okay? Like I said, but according to Sonny Borelli, according to Wendy Rogers, according to Mark Fincham, we cannot demand Brnovich to do this. We have to see what he's gonna do. But the rule of law is the rule of law, no matter what a majority or a minority might want, he has to follow the rule of law. So we have to trust this man is gonna do what he's gonna do. He's gonna follow the rule of law. Now, according to a, uh, a document that was just released with Brnovich, and I do see you guys in the chat room over at Foxhole making comment on it, uh, Mr. Sean Joe, yes, he was on Hannity tonight. I was actually scoping that out during the Karen Fan interview. And uh, Veronique, thank you for gifting the can as well. Much appreciate that. Kiz, welcome into the show. Oh, you've been here, Kiz. Welcome back, Kiz. But uh, uh, Bernovich did release um, a statement that we should take note of, and we're going to wrap up the uh, Arizona forensic audits here for tonight. Let's just take a look at what Bernovich said. Should we trust Bernovich? Do you think he's going to do what he says he's going to do? I don't know, guys, but uh, I'm praying, and justice may be served. He got, he got hit up with me a lot today over on Twatter. I recently opened up a Twatter account for the C report, that's twitter.com slash the C report. If you want to follow along at all of my, because when I get on Twitter, guys, I am just there to harass all of the rhinos. I am there to harass all of the deep staters. I'm there to harass and be a thorn in the side of the globalists. When I'm on Twitter, that's what I'm doing. Okay. I am direct messaging all of these treasonous SOPs. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I use Twitter for. Anyway, so I was harassing A.G. Brnovich a little bit today in a good way. You know, I, I was just like, justice, may justice be served, may justice be served, may justice be served, may justice be served. I pray to God, may justice be served. Wait, wait, this is from like June. Did I pull the wrong statement? I pulled the wrong statement. Sorry, guys. There was a statement by, uh, I apologize. Whoa, man. Talk about dropping the ball there. Uh, let me see if I can't pull it up for you guys. If we can't pull it up, then I won't I won't uh, belabor y'all's time with this. Let's go back to Brnovich, the sleeping bear. Uh, basically, Brnovich did release a statement saying that he would move forward with, uh, with uh, uh, an investigation and prosecution. Karen Fan said the same thing in that interview that we just listened to. So I guess I don't need to belabor it with that point, guys. Clearly, I have the wrong statement. We're going back to a statement in regards to, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Deputy A.G. Carlin, who wanted to flex her limp muscles over this entire situation. So let's go ahead and move forward from that. I think we're good. I think we're good. But all right, guys, that's what we got as far as election integrity coverage goes for tonight with Arizona. We're not going to cover any more. We're going to finish up with President Trump's statements, and we'll call it a night. But ladies and gentlemen... We got Michigan, we got Wisconsin, we got Pennsylvania, and we got Georgia. Election integrity news and audit information coming up soon. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. This fight is not over yet. All right. Getting back into President Trump's statements. You see that nice little foray, that nice little like deter that President Trump set up for us tonight in regards to his outline of statements. What does he got to say here now? 
President Trump says, isn't it funny that Meghan McCain, who has always been a bully and basically a lowlife, is now complaining that it was she who was bullied by the slobs and radical left maniacs of The View. Interesting. At the request of many of her representatives, I made it possible for her father to have the world's longest funeral designed and orchestrated by him, even though I was never, to put it mildly, a fan. In his own very special way, he was a rhino's rhino. Despite his fighting against me, I won Arizona by a lot in 2016 and won Arizona by even more in 2020. Unfortunately, the vote counters in 2020 were far more important than the candidate. See the determinative report issued Wednesday by the Arizona auditors. We just covered it, guys. I have since found out that McCain, who was, all, who was close to last in his class at Annapolis, sent the fake and totally discredited scam dossier to the FBI hoping to stop the Trump train. In any event, Megan should fight the communists instead of explaining how they beat her, hurt her, and made her physically ill. She should fight back against the losers of The View the way she fights against very good and well-meaning Republicans, and she would do herself a world of good. Interesting statement there by President Trump. Very interesting statement. Now, guys, let's 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 uh, let's kind of like harmonize on this statement right here. President Trump says, "I have since found out that McCain sent the fake and totally discredited scam dossier to the FBI." Ladies and gentlemen, we've known this for a year or two. In fact, I'm sure he said that recently. Do you think he's, do you think he recently found out? Do you think that he has since found out? Do you think he just found that out, guys? Or do you think that perhaps in support of this narrative and this battle plan and this path that his administration is taking right now, that there's a reason why he puts things in a certain timeline? He's probably known that. For, he probably knew, let's not forget, did not President Trump uh, uh, give out the phone number of Flimsy Limsy Gran, who is uh, basically, you know, uh, basically the panty boy of uh, John McCain. Ladies and gentlemen, he's known for a long time. You can't throw your cards out all at once. Otherwise, you lose the bet. Okay, here goes the next statement. Jim Jordan, the best fighter in Congress, who showed the country what a liar little Adam Schiff is, and debunked the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, has written a great book called Do What You Said You Would Do, Fighting Freedom, Fighting for Freedom in the Swamp. It was written, it is written with the same hard-hitting vigor you'd expect from Jim Jordan, a true fighter and champion who I proudly gave the Presidential Medal of Freedom to, whom I proudly gave to the Presidential Medal of Freedom, pre-order now to reserve a copy before Joe Biden and the radical left totally destroy what was once our great supply chain, Hurry, it is a fantastic book and can be found at that address, which we don't have here today. Next statement from President Trump. Congratulations to Molly Hemingway on her new book, Rigged, a big bestseller, revealing in 
whoopsies, pardon me. Uh, revealing, where are you at? There we go. Uh, revealing incredible information she has uncovered about Facebook and the big tech scam and all the massive money spent by Mark Zuckerberg, possibly illegally, into our 2020 presidential election. This was a big part, but by no means all, of the crime of the century. The other side spent four years making things up about election interference in 2016. Yet, when it really did happen in 2020, you're not allowed to talk about it. Oh well, at least one great journalist decided to do so. Go get Molly's book now. She and it are terrific. Great to see President Trump endorsing publications here. And uh, we have two there that you guys can go look out for. Let's get our next statement in from President Trump. What's he talking about now? Our country is being poisoned with the millions of people that are illegally flowing through our borders. In most cases, not even questioned or stopped. Many are criminals from the emptied prisons of other countries. Most of these are very dangerous people. Our country is dying from within and nobody is doing anything to stop it. The first thing that should be done, and it can be done quickly, is finish the wall. A deal must be made with Mexico, where Mexico serves as a 2,000-mile barrier, not a launching pad for the illegals that are coming in. Also, 97% of the people that came in from Afghanistan rushed the planes and should not be here. Those people must be checked very carefully because many of them will turn out to be strongly related to high-level terrorism. How stupid our country has become. So sad to watch when just 10 months ago, we had none of these problems, and none either with bad economy, inflation, fuel prices going through the roof, and so much else. And never forget, because the fake news will not talk about it any longer, those needlessly killed in Afghanistan and the thousands of people and the $85 billion worth of military equipment left behind in the complete and total surrender by the United States of America. We would have been out, but we would have been out with dignity and strength. Our country is now a laughingstock all over the world and always always pertinent to touch on those factors. This one continues. The largest caravan in history is coming towards us, and we are totally unprepared and doing nothing about it. Complete the wall and get tough. Our country is being systematically destroyed before our very eyes. One more statement on this caravan. I hope everyone is watching the massive caravan pouring through Mexico and headed to our country. This must be stopped before they reach our border or before. Just nine months ago, we had the strongest border in our nation's history. This should never have happened. Ladies and gentlemen, nine months ago, the birthing pains that America is going through right now in this tribulation this caravan is an invasion. The supply chain block is literally them taking away our ability to supply and to furbish ourselves. Okay. The economy 
And what's happening with jobs and, of course, because of this uh, planned pandemic, otherwise known as the COVID-19 shamdemic, has stricken us of our will to work. It's demoralized us. We are in. We are under the invasion. We are under attack. All of the elements that are used against enemies in war are being implemented against America right now. Ladies and gentlemen, invasion, isolation, uh, a lack of lack of supplies. It's happening right now. This is what we see at the border. Check this guys out. I don't know if you guys have seen this or not. This is the migrant caravan that President Trump is speaking about that's coming over here. This is a very dramatic video, guys. I was actually surprised to find it. Just check it out real quick. Tell me if you don't think this is an invasion of our country happening right now. Yeah, that is definitely an invasion if I've ever seen one, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I don't know, President AMLO was uh, quite, I say Presidente AMLO was quite amiable back when President Trump was in office. You, We're in danger, guys. We are in danger right now. 
And we're not, we're not in danger, get full of fear and cry. We're in danger. Like there's a tornado coming, get your ass undercover or get your guns out. Right. Uh, definitely in danger guys. Now, president AMLO of Mexico has since taken a hugs, not, uh, hugs. He's taken a hugs position guy. And you saw how all of the uh, Mexican military and army and police officers or whatever, were kind of just like letting him go. And if I were to uh, go back and uh, try and uh, translate what that one army officer person was saying to his battalion of troops in pajamas and uh, cheap plastic Kevlar, uh, you know, uh, um, 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 uh, shielding, uh, yeah, they're on the right, we're on the left, let them pass. It's kind of what that sounded like to me. I would definitely say this is an invasion, big time invasion. And every great nation or every empire at the end of their journey saw an invasion coming into their borders. Every single one ladies and gentlemen. And that is exactly what they are setting us up for at this time. Does that mean that we will lose? Does that mean that the Republic will be destroyed? Does that mean that America will fall? No. But there are a lot of people out there that want that to happen. And uh, definitely that is a cause for concern. Concern, not worry. We will be concerned to the point of getting it fixed. Next statement. What good is it if Fox News speaks well of me when they continually allow horrible and untruthful anti-Trump commercials to be run, and plenty of them? In the good old days, that would never have happened. And today, it happens all of the time. Ratings challenge CNN and MSNBC would never run a positive Trump ad. Never. With so many forces against us, big tech, the fake news media, the radical left, the rhinos, and more, we are at such a disadvantage, but we will win anyway. Very good. Great statement there from President Trump. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Fox News can say all the great things that they want. They can have hosts like Hannity buttering them up, but uh, they're not going to even talk about... They're not even going to talk about, uh, you know, uh, election integrity, fraud, the real stuff that's going on. It serves no purpose. All right, guys, we're going to get into the last statement from President Trump, and we're going to wrap up tonight's show with an interview uh, from President Trump. And I think it's uh, the Clay and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get the interview going. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> well, OK, let me be fair. Let me be fair. It is, uh, it is uh, Clay and Buck Sexton, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but we're going to wrap it up with an interview. We're gonna, uh, it's the Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton show. He does an interview with them that's new. Uh, talking, talking primarily about the new social media platform that President Trump will be releasing called Truth Social. I've already signed up for the beta. We'll see if we get on. And uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, let's talk a little bit about this. President Trump released a statement via the Trump Media and Technology Group. Uh, let's see what this has to say. It's, it's, it's a good statement. It's kind of lengthy here about the entire point of the platform. And then we'll check out that interview. And we will call tonight's show a wrap. 
It's been great to be back on the air with you all. I missed it. Missed the sea report. I, I hope you guys missed it too. But uh, I hope you guys are glad that we're back and in the saddle and in action and ready to uh, bring to you at least my humble perspective on the news and the views of a layman to you all. And I hope it's been worth your time. I thank you all who did join us in, in spirit and in body. It means a lot to me, guys. It means a lot, especially when you have other places you could be hanging out. Um, let's see. Statement from President Trump from TMTG Media. Last week, I announced the creation of a major new company that will challenge the dominance of the big tech giants and big media bosses. Today, I want to explain more about what I am doing and why. For me, this endeavor is about much more than politics. This is about saving our country. America has always been a nation of smart, spirited, and independent people who take pride in the thinking for themselves. We admire those who are not afraid to speak their minds and go against the tide, yet suddenly we find ourselves being censored and dictated to by a small group of righteous, self-righteous scolds and self-appointed arbiters of what everyone else is allowed to think, say, share, and do. Nowhere is the censorship more dangerous and brazen than on social media, the public square of our times. We have, been, we have seen renowned medical doctors being banned from platforms for contradicting health authorities or questioning the political narrative of the moment. We've seen scientists blacklisted for sharing evidence that the pandemic began in a Chinese lab. We've seen vital reporting about Joe and Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings, information that voters needed and deserved to hear ruthlessly suppressed and erased from the internet just weeks before a presidential election. And as everyone knows, we've seen a sitting president of the United States effectively silenced by a small oligarchy of tech titans and mainstream media corporations. The uh, corruption of these platforms cannot be ignored. We have fallen far down the slippery slope of censorship in our country, and the topics that Americans are increasingly forbidden to debate are among the most important issues of our day. Yet the silencing and cancellation also affects our country in more subtle but equally destructive ways. How many Americans no longer trust a word they hear from their leaders, media, or public health officials because the one thing they know for certain is that they are not getting the full story? How many ordinary citizens have sadly come to resent their neighbors, feeling that they now live in two tire entirely different realities? And how many millions of Americans silently oppose so much of the nonsense being inflicted on us? but see the heavy hand of the cancelers and conclude that their voice can make no difference or that the cost of speaking up is just too high. The new age of censorship is a disaster for our country. Things were far better in the days when we had our debates fiercely and openly, and then we could move forward together as Americans with both sides knowing that their voice and their best arguments had been heard. To take on big censorship, we are creating a big tent platform, Truth Social. 
We are inviting people of all political stripes and all different viewpoints to come and participate once again in the great American debate. That's what our country is supposed to be about. Unlike with the big tech platforms, there will be no shadow banning, throttling, demonetizing, or messing with algorithms for political manipulation. We will not be treating users like lab rats for social experiments or labeling alternative views as disinformation. We will not silence our fellow citizens simply because they might be wrong, or worse, because we think that Americans can't handle the truth. It will be as free, vibrant, lively, and diverse as America itself. And truth social is only the beginning of our plans. The Trump Media and Technology Group will also be launching an on-demand video streaming service that completes, competes with the increasingly woke and politicized entertainment programming created by big tech and big media players. TMTG also sees opportunities to create cancel-proof alternatives in other key areas ranging from web services to payment processing. In the end, a small number of powerful people who all think the same and wish to silence anyone who thinks differently cannot be trusted to control almost every major media, technology, and entertainment company in America, I am determined to break their chokehold over the voices of the American people, not just for myself and my own supporters, but for the United States of America. But for these United States of America. Ladies and gentlemen, we can only look forward, and I most certainly hope that the C Report and Mr. CTV are able to hop onto those streaming services. It seems like censor free, censorship free, First Amendment platforms are starting to pop up here left and right. Catch us while you can, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's probably all I got to say about that. All right, let's see what we got next up here. I think we have that interview next. Uh, who's this? It sure is, ladies and gentlemen. And we'll call this night a wrap. We'll bid you adieu until the next C report. Uh, but don't go away too quickly, guys. Like I said, this is uh, the we'll play. Okay, we're gonna go 15 minutes over, guys. This this actually this interview is not even 15 minutes. It's like 10 minutes long. Okay. Uh, this is uh, President Trump on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. Um, we'll play this. Uh, we'll play this interview real quick, and then we'll have a few words to share with you guys as we wrap up um, the Sea Report's return to the uh, airwaves and broadcasting networks that we so humbly appear to you all on. Uh, so, with that said, here comes that interview. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Great to have you on, sir. Well, it's great to be with you, and I hear you guys are doing big numbers, and that's that makes me happy. Makes us happy, too, sir. Thanks so much for joining us. Tell us about this. A lot of attention. we got so many questions asking about politics and the Virginia race and the Democrats right. and the border. But first, Truth Social. This is people have been waiting for this for a while. We know big tech is against conservatives. We know they're against you. 
You're doing something about it. Tell us about this Truth Social Project. Well, I wanted to do something where we can put our voice out. And that's all voices, liberal and conservative, because frankly, if you look at Twitter, it's become very boring. They've lost tremendous amount of audience. It's become boring as can be because conservatives are off it. They got me out. I had, I mean, hundreds between Facebook and uh, Instagram and Twitter, uh, you know, way over 100 million people, way, way over, closer to the next number. And frankly, we, our voice has been taken away. So I wanted to do something important, something that couldn't be taken down. And I think it's going to be terrific. Mr. President, appreciate you coming on with us. I know you got a busy weekend upcoming. I believe you're going to be in Atlanta for the Astros-Braves game. What kind of reception do you expect to get, and do you plan on doing the tomahawk chop to support the Atlanta Braves? Evidently, that's now super controversial. Have you seen the woke universe out there saying, oh, you can't do uh, the Atlanta Brave tomahawk chop? They're really upset with Braves fans for doing that. Well, I think it's ridiculous when you get right down to it. The Cleveland Indians are changing their name to the Guardians. Now, that was an original franchise, I guess one of six, but they're changing their name to the Cleveland Guardians. Now, at least we can say the Atlanta Braves are not changing their name. Thank you. Great guy invited me. And uh, so I'll be going with the first lady and we'll have a good time. And uh, both great teams. I mean, it's going to be very interesting. We're speaking to former President Donald J. Trump right now. Uh, tremendous, tremendous, terrible things happened in terms of that election and election fraud, frankly. But we did tremendously in Georgia, and I think uh, I think we'll get a great reception. Uh, Mr. President, I've got to ask you, the border right now, I mean, I'm sure you saw the story. They're really working hard to undo what your administration did to secure the border. That's been from day right. one, the Biden administration approach. But what are your thoughts as you see that the Biden DOJ is thinking about writing $450,000 a person checks as some kind of a makeup for what your administration was doing some years ago. Well, one of the things we were doing is, you know, separation, which was done before us, but separation. When people heard that, they didn't come because if a parent hears they're going to be separated, they didn't come. One of the reasons I was so successful at the border uh, when you look at what they're doing at the border, there's never been anything like it. The greatest we've ever had went to the worst, probably one of the worst in the history of the world, because no country can sustain what's happening to our country. And as you know, after two and a half years, I won all the legal 11 legal cases and we started the wall and it was almost finished, would have been finished within a month. And they didn't finish it. Now, most of it's built anyway, so it has a big impact. But between the wall and and remain in Mexico, people weren't allowed into our country. Uh, I worked it out with the Mexican government. They gave us 28,000 soldiers free. That was because I wasn't going to tariff their cars. They treated us really well. And we had it stopped. And we also stopped drugs to a large extent. I mean, we never had such good numbers on drugs and people. If you look at what's happening now, they're emptying their prisons into the United States. We've become a dumping ground. And it's a very, very sad thing. Now, on top of everything, I understand they're going to give certain people $450,000. It's not even believable what they're doing. It's not even believable. And you have big caravans coming up. You have tough caravans. They went right through the Mexican police like it was uh, like it was butter. 
It's uh, we better stop them. That's all I can tell you. We're taking in millions of people into our country illegally. And these people are rough people. Many of them are rough, rough people. Mr. President, you uh, tweeted out Inflation Nation. I know you're a fan of McDonald's. I saw where McDonald's is having to increase their prices 6%. Joe Biden is saying that he's not in any way raising taxes on people, even though he is. What do we have to do to end this inflation uh, onslaught, which I believe is at a 30-year high? Uh, I think even Jimmy Carter's looking around wondering what in the world's happened. Well, Jimmy Carter's looking very good right now because, you know, he was sort of used as an example of how not to do things, and he's done a lot better than what they're doing right now. No, it is inflation nation. And to a certain extent, it starts with the uh, energy, fuel. Uh, You take a look at what we did. We were a a totally, uh, we were free. We were free from the Middle East. We were free from everything. We were energy independent. I think really the first time ever, they say the first time in 75 years, I would say the first time ever. And I was very proud of it. Now it's the opposite. They're going to OPEC, Russia. They went to Saudi Arabia individually. We need oil. We need oil. We're begging. And if you saw, there are certain places in California where it starts at seven, $7.77 a gallon. And we had it down to $1.87 when I left. I mean, think of that. And that's bigger than any tax. You know, if you look at that, where you're talking about 3 4 $5 more, there's no tax that you're going to do that's bigger than that. But what it's doing is everything evolves around and revolves around energy. So what they're doing, fellas, is is it's whether it's delivering a product, making a product, it all takes energy. And the energy now, we don't have it. They just gave up Anwar in Alaska, the biggest, probably the biggest drilling site anywhere in the world, perhaps as big as Saudi Arabia. Uh, Reagan tried to do it. They all failed. Everybody failed for decades and decades. I got it done. And they just, Lisa Murkowski did a terrible job. The senator from Alaska, she's absolutely terrible. She approved a person who in the first day in office wiped out Anwar. So, you know, it's uh, one of those things. You have to get the energy back. If you're going to have high energy, you're going to have inflation. And there are many other things, but you have to start it with energy. We had it. We had so much energy. We've never had it so good. And we were energy independent. And now they're begging OPEC for help. We're speaking to former, former President Donald J. Trump right now, live with all of you listening across the country. Mr. President, right now we are days away from a major deadline in New York City for first responders and members of the NYPD to get vaccinated. There have been thousands of people already across the country, including nurses, doctors, first responders, who have lost their jobs, who have willingly Uh, decided they would not get the shot, they would give up their careers instead of bending the knee to these mandates. What do you think of the mandates, and what do you want to say to those who either have lost or face job loss, including NYPD, other law enforcement, and first responders across the country in this situation? What do you want to say to them? Well, New York City has been terribly run under de Blasio. He's the worst mayor in the history of our city by far. Probably the worst mayor. I don't know. There's a couple we could name and we know them all. But, you know, as bad as any mayor has ever been in the history of our country. And you look at what he's done with mandates. You know, it's interesting. I'm so proud of what we did. And you understand that I'm so proud of what we did with the vaccines. It was us. It was the Trump administration. We got three of them therapeutics with Regeneron and all of it. I'm so proud of it. 
But people have to have freedom. They have to be able to choose. And what what they have done with the mandates, everyone's quitting. If you remember, if you remember what happened during, we didn't have a mandate problem. Everybody actually rushed. They wanted to get the vaccine. And now they do have, because I don't think they trust the Biden administration. Lord. I think that's what's happening. Get out there in front of the media. Just don't trust the Biden administration. We had, when we came out with a vaccine and we were doing over a million a day, people weren't talking about not getting it. Everybody wants to get it. Then they did the Johnson and Johnson pause and they did other stupid things and they said the wrong thing. And all of a sudden you have a big mandate problem. Uh, look, you're going to lose your police force in New York, big, a big portion of it. Uh, crime is rising in New York like never before. And now you're going to have perhaps 30 percent less police on the streets. It is absolutely insane. Uh, you have a mayor who's grossly incompetent and doing this. And you uh, obviously you have other other industries where it's happening too. you lose. You're going to lose a lot of people. It's a terrible thing for our nation. What they're doing. Much less serious, Mr. President, but it is Halloween Eve Eve. I know you're going to be at the Braves game against the Astros. That's going to be a lot of fun on uh, Halloween Eve. But we were debating, what is your go-to candy? I know you got a little bit of a sweet tooth. uh, And have you given out Halloween candy? Do you make a specific choice? I'm going to give this one to the kids yourself. How involved are you in the Halloween process? Well, I do. I do like uh, candy of all kinds. I'm an expert on candy. And, you know, they have the expensive candy and then they have the Hershey and I like Hershey and I like uh, I I like uh, anything with caramel in it. Does that make sense to you? Anything. But uh, I do like uh, the candy stuff. Unfortunately, I'd be much better if I didn't. We need to come down. Uh, We talked the last time we had you on, Mr. President, about coming down to Mar-a-Lago. We've been talking to your staff. We want to come down when it starts to get cold in the part of the country where we are. But you tell us a date when you'd like to have us down. The show is doing fantastically well, thanks to Russia's loyal listeners and thanks to you and guests coming on. You tell us when you want us down. We want to do a live broadcast uh, from Mar-a-Lago with you. Good. Good. We will have have a lot of fun. Going on in Virginia. When politics gets even hotter, you come down. I'd love to have you, actually. It would be great to have both of you both really terrific people and you really rush would be very proud of the job you're doing thank you so much former president trump everybody enjoy the game great to have you thank Thank you so much sir very interesting interview there guys don't you think uh honestly i think they cut it kind of (laughs) bad i think they cut that interview kind of badly but it was good it was a good interview nonetheless it was a good interview nonetheless um I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe someday I'll get a phone call or an email that says, Hey, Mr. C, are you ready to talk to President Trump? Probably not. Probably not, because I gave them my list of questions. And one of those questions was, uh, you're losing half your base over, you know, the vaccine issue. That's not here nor there. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for hanging out with us tonight here at the C Report. I am your humble host, Mr. C, as always. Uh, just giving you my point of views on things and etc. Um, we will be back with the C report, I'm sure, quite quickly. I mean, there's no telling, guys. The schedule, I mean, yes, uh, Monday, you better expect it on Monday. We'll be back Monday through Friday, just like we always are here at the C report, delivering uh, views on uh, recent headlines and news, giving you guys the information uh, that is coming out to all of us for sure. Uh, between now and Monday, 
There's no. T it's the wild, wild west here, ladies and gentlemen. It is the wild, wild west here between now and Monday. So we'll see what's up. But for a fact, we will be back in a couple of hours minus uh, for the next episode of Mr. C in the Dark. It's airing at midnight tonight, Texas time, central time. We will be doing part two of the Swamp Prince. Deep dive into the Hunter Biden emails. Ladies and gentlemen, we started it last night. We've got a lot of ground to cover. This is some stuff people may or may not have seen, but we will get into it tonight. The Hunter Biden emails. More to come, guys. Join us for Mr. C in the Dark tonight at midnight, Texas time. We'll have lines open in case you want to chat about it. Or if you've got anything else on your mind, do tune in, do tell your friends. And of course, as always, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you check out thecreport.com for more information on what we're doing here at Mr. CTV with this broadcast and others. And always and forever, do check out our podcast. Now, that's the podcast version of this show. Now, as soon as I get off the air here, I'm going to go upload this episode to anchor.fm so that is available on podcast on any podcast player that you prefer. If you like Spotify, I'm not going to judge you. We're on Spotify. Go ahead and check us out on Spotify. Follow us. Download every episode if you'd like to archive it. Who knows? Someday Spotify might memory hole the C report. If you got your iPhone or your Android phone and you got your Android uh, podcasts or your iPhone or Apple podcasts, we're there too. You can uh, follow us there. In case you can't check us out live, you will definitely support the show by watch by listening to us on our podcast formats, and it is greatly appreciated. Uh, but more so than anything, word of mouth and spreading the word and sharing what we do here, if you appreciate this broadcast, uh, will definitely help us out um, and will definitely help us get to where we need to be to keep on going. We're at episode 190 today with the C-Report. We're 10 episodes away from 200 episodes, which is a milestone, but uh, I'll get with you on milestones when we hit a physical year. 365 days, that's coming up in February. Till then, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you at midnight. And uh, the C-Report, we'll see you as soon as possible. Thank you again for being part of our live audience, and thank you again for spreading the word. And thank you again for fighting for America and for standing side by side with me on the line here as we hold it down and we take back our republic and we secure the sovereignty of our nation and our individual freedoms. God bless you. I love you. We'll see you next time.